This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This is episode 462. We're cranking through them, boys and girls, and uh, whoever else is in between that's listening. We appreciate you being here, no matter what you are. Uh, no matter what pronoun you go by, we welcome you to our community. Uh, the podcast is presented by Elite Archery. Um, I'm loving my remedy. Um, I'm very proud of it right now. Chandler, you're a remedy guy? Remedy. I, I don't think I've ever shot a bow better than this remedy. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. You're calling that, huh? I'm back at 70 yards. I'm shooting a little heavier stabilizer than I normally do. And I I don't think I've ever shot a bow this well at 70 yards. Really? Yep. That's exciting, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm liking mine. Uh, I we talked about this on another podcast on the intro. Tuned mine in. Felt good about it. Then shot a couple hundred. And then my old buddy that's sitting in the studio here, Scotty Sullivan, the man, Scoot. What up? Jumped in and like, hey, let's help me retune this thing in. And let's take a look, Ski. Just bullet holes, baby, with no fletchings. And uh, so now the rest is on me. I need to get back shooting mine. I blasted all my arrows on the... On the metal buck at the shoot and haven't made some new ones you yet. You cut new arrows yet? <laughs> no, Gotta I get them victories coming. <laughs> I <know>. Curly kills. <laughs> well, you don't Curly have got me. Curly and Doris were a match made in heaven out there. That's right. Um, well, you don't have a Western hunt, so you no. got a little time to buy. The rest of us are kind of stressing a little bit. Uh, but Elite Archery, man, love them. Use code WCB. You can have a bow shipped to a local dealer. Support a local dealer. Support us. Support Elite and save money with the code WCB. So everybody's happy. It's a beautiful love cycle that Elite has uh, made with us, and we're very proud and pleasure to be a part of that love cycle. It's a love cycle. It is good. It is good. <laughs> it is awesome. Uh, big time. If you haven't listened to episode 458, please tune into that. Uh, I kind of call it Food Plot University, but I wasn't cocky enough to name the podcast that. Um, it's called Let's, Let's Talk Food Plots. 
and Daryl from Big Time and Joe Humphreys came in studio and kind of just gave us a crash course. Austin really shined on that podcast. Very impressed. I liked it. The farmer came out. I've been farming for 20 years. Luckily, I remembered enough to inject every now and then. (laughs) You kind of know how to grow shit. (laughs) You know about pH and stuff. A little bit. I ordered uh, Foundation Clover and Last Stand, two bags of Last Stand today. You did? To get me motivated. Hell yeah. And a soil test kit. Yep, I just sent my soil test yeah. in yesterday. You guys are on it, man. Yeah. Hey, shout out to you guys. On the man, the whole crowd game. likes that. Yeah, the whole crowd. <laughs> oh, wrong one. See, now we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you hit the, the wrong button. Yeah. Yeah. See if I can go in and fix it. Mix it up. Keep it spicy. Spicy. We'll just we'll just talk over it while it's going. Let's yeah. See if I can do like a hold. There we go. We fixed it. <laughs> I'm not used to not hearing Doug's mustache touch. Just, microphone just, just cookie duster just in the mic gently brushing back and forth <laughs> gently brushing. sausage broom i love the adjectives <laughs> we gotta use, we gotta order much. a new foam thing for him every month because he just wears a hole in he it wears it out wears out the top <laughs> looks like turn three at daytona <laughs> yeah. that's microphones made of titanium that's the best thing i've ever heard in, a, in, an, in an ad intro uh, the podcast is also brought to you by spy point cameras um, we've been using the sellings. That's like for us the most popular product. I think they crank out one because it's budget friendly, and we already had a ton of trail cams. Yep. So if you already have a ton, I think trail- da- I think Dana just posted that, didn't you? They were on sale. Yeah, uh, giant dicks. Giant dicks. They're like <laughs> forty bucks on sale. Yep. Which is crazy. That's pretty cheap. That's you cheap. Can, you can make a cell cam out of a pre-existing cam for forty dollars if you catch mm-hmm. the sale right. Put lithium batteries in it, you're good. Like that's and honestly gives you a long way. Gives you a long way. Uh, Working on a code with Spy Point. We'll see if we can make that happen for you guys. The podcast also brought to you by Rogue Ridge e bikes. Um, I haven't broke my collarbones yet on mine. Eric, how are your collarbones doing? Mine are doing good. Yeah, you still using that? It's the off season, so the beer basket on the front of yours. Oh yeah, beer basket delivered. a package the other day to my neighbor like i said before <laughs> yeah oh yeah did did he ask about the bike oh yeah that's like a, the target thing in my neighborhood because we always go down the street a couple of streets down drink a few beers and stuff yeah so i always ride it down and I'm like can i ride that thing i'm like yeah jump on it go ahead really yeah and my one buddy he's like 260 he's a big boy yeah <laughs> he had that thing going like 30 it, it didn't lug the battery down <laughs> no he said he's cruising so do you pull, like, when you first pulled up, were you pedaling at all, or were you just motoring right by? Oh, I just way? motoring right by. <clears throat> That's incredible. And you always got to go buy them and then turn around and come back. Just let them know. Oh, yeah. Flex on them a little bit. Just a little bit. You <laughs> need to mullet back. Yeah. You do need your mullet. The Rogue Ridge mullet. Ooh. Have it just blown in the wind. I would like it. The wicked <laughs> the wicked bitch of Donahue. <laughs> the <right>. wicked bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my Rogue Ridge is called the Spy Point. What do I call it? The Spy Point holler I, what the hell was it spy point whatever but yours could be the wicked bitch that's right the wicked bitch just get a sticker for that top <laughs> tube man i'll just oh, man. have dana engrave it on there for me <laughs> a dremel dremel it into the frame that's <laughs> sick uh, it also, doesn't void the warranty or anything scent crusher there's a bunch of sweaty dudes in the studio right now we'll be running the room clean after this podcast uh we should be running it during but we're not gonna we're gonna suffer just so we know how good everything <laughs> works that's right. um from the gear bag to the closet to the tote to the ozone go that we've been overlooking that the last few episodes uh definitely scent crusher has been a partner of ours for a long time love the scent killing uh qualities to it just as much as i love the organization quality of your hunting gear and all that so uh check out scentcrusher.com um old barn taxidermy 
Uh, we've been partnered with Old Barn for a few years now. Got a lot of work from Ross has a full mount 200 denture coming. And I think Sam's stopping by Club 200, which is Ross's man cave, to like, is he, what does he do? He wants to see where he's going to put it. Yeah, so. he's going to kind of analyze where the deer is going to go. So he wants to see how the deer is going to look in that spot. That's pretty cool. That's not that's a lot a good, of taxidermists are going to do that for that, you. That's a good taxidermist right there. Yeah. Scouts out where the mount is going to go. He did that with my bear. That's he, impressive. He came to my house. He's like, where are you hanging this? I was like, I wanted to put it there. I was kind of like, is that okay if I put it there? I asked him if it's okay if I hang it there in my own house. He's like, no, that's great. I just wanted to know. All right. That way I can see. Like, and I'm sure look. he's the kind of guy who would be like, no, I wouldn't put it. If you want to put it there, you can. That's but what I wanted. This looks like a better spot over here. Right. Right. He'd and probably let you know. Check out Old Barn Taxidermy. If they're a little far for you, they have drop-off post locations. Yep. Um, I'm one. We might end up making the studio one if we can get the setup correctly. Um, we'll see. Well, um, we got to figure that out yet. Yeah, we're, we're just still getting settled in here. A lot to do. A lot to do. Um, and the podcast is also brought to you by HHA USA. They support our veteran shout out. Doug has not been in here for the last few episodes while we've done the intros and ads and stuff like that. But he's Doug, slacking. He, he's doing farm stuff still, um, which, you know, God bless him. But he normally does the veteran shout outs. All the veteran shout outs go to Doug. Um, you can go to workingclassbowhunter.com, submit a veteran shout out there. Um, HHA USA supports that. They're a nonprofit helping veterans get basically back in the outdoors and back into archery and or into archery in general. Um, and they send out a goodie package for veterans that we shout out on the segment and the, I think shirt and hat and some other stuff like that. And yep. And also, if you don't hear for a while, we we will get to it. Like we're going to go through all of them. Yeah. We got to pile it up right now. So yeah, Doug chips through them yep. like as he goes along and, and reads through them. So. Um, if, yeah, if we have, that's a good point. Thank you for that. Like if we haven't got to you, it's not cause we're ignoring it. It's just, it's down the line. Right. He went from not having a ton in there and then we were talking about not having a ton. And now he said he's like slammed. So, yeah. Maybe um, we can start doing two an episode. Yeah. That's a good idea. We could probably do that. Yeah. See how many he's got. I mean, if he's got 400, yeah, we might as well do two an episode <laughs> yeah, might or as three well. an episode if we have to, which whatever. Right. So awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening and thank you for supporting us. Let's learn about some trad stuff. Huh, boys? Well, we're going to learn. Trad. Everyone else, yeah. everyone else here knows what the fuck they're doing. Well, we I think, don't. I think Some everybody. Trad. I think everybody else is probably still learning. That's probably the thing with trad hunting. You're still learning. Exactly. Never ending. Probably. I mean, if you're an expert about trad hunting, I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious to ask Jared Sheffler if he thinks he's an expert. You know. Like mm-hmm. some of the old school dudes too that have been. I bet he says no. I bet you everybody says no, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do. All right. Let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, episode 462. I hit that button a little hot there. I don't know if I caught the whole intro. I'm messing up with this thing right already. Are you feeling okay? No, I'm not. Honestly, I'm, I think I mixed up this old fashioned little hot. It's got me feeling like, like damn near unconscious. It's hot. Like, coming in hot. Hey, it is hot. Hey, is it spicy? <laughs> It's a little spicy, man. It's spicy. That's okay. That's okay. You got to do that every once in a while. I figured if we're all in studio, we're just missing Shad. So round table here, Kurt Geyer. Eric Common. Austin Chandler. Dana Pace. Cameron Pace. Scott Sullivan. We got a bunch of trad dudes in here. Shad was supposed to make it, had some things come up, couldn't get in studio. Uh, maybe we'll give him a call. He's with us in spirit, though. Most passionate dude I know about archery, I think. He's mm-hmm. the trad godfather. Yeah. The trad Shad. god. Love spikes too. We need to make him like that's his nickname, like the Trad God. He is Doctor Trad. 
the Miyagi of Trad. He has like a whole following now. <laughs> Dr. Trad's pretty funny. Dr. Dr. Trad. Trad. <laughs> he okay. gets PhD. Dr. Trad. That's what we're calling I him. I like that. The Trad God's pretty funny too. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about traditional equipment, traditional hunting. And, and I will say this. I'll say this for you guys because I don't know if you guys will get there. We, uh, Eric and I definitely are not experts. You guys know more than all of us here. But we're all learning all the time, and a lot of us are fairly new. I'm, I'm a, is that fair to speak for you guys on yeah. that? Yeah, I think we're so, all pretty new. So before yeah. people make assumptions about shit we talk about, because that happens a lot, because I hear things through people that we make a joke about something, and people think we mean one thing, and we don't. We are not experts. We're not claiming to be experts. We are just talking about our journeys in the trad game and their journeys in the trad game. Mm-hmm. And that's all we can speak from. If we had an expert lined up and just shit happened. Yeah. So if there's an issue with that, find a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking judge me. Move along. <laughs> yeah. And most of us are trying to learn from that that, that expert that was supposed to be here. Yeah. I mean, I, for me personally, I mean, Shad was... Anytime you had a question, anytime that you had issues, you'd give Shad a, 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 sh- a shout out and he would get back to you right away. I mean, that dude's yeah, got mm-hmm. the biggest heart yeah. and he wants to get everybody involved in trad that he can. I mean, yep. it's that's that's his passion. It really is. That's what he's into. It, he has, I don't know how many different trad bows, does not care about the size of a deer, doesn't care about, he just wants to have fun. He's so passionate about it. He's yeah. passionate about everything, I think, in life, yep. but especially mm-hmm. archery and traditional archery. So it's a very uh, – he values it to like a, a level that I don't know if, if any of us really understand. It's part of him. Yep. Legitimately, yeah. yeah. Like he um, – one of his bows, which is a longbow, I believe, Gramps. Mm-hmm. Yep. His grandfather's ashes are made into – like the laminate of this bow is that the right? yep he had two of them made one for him and one for his wife and the bow that i used all last year was the one that was made for his wife but oh she, really yeah. yeah he uh she couldn't draw it anymore so we had talked at the last wcb shoot a year ago and he said well i've got a bow for you to shoot if i let you borrow a bow you got to promise me you'll hunt with it this year and ever since then, you know, he, he's been an open book to ever, to, to me and to Cam, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's just like, he's got a wealth of knowledge in his head that he wants to, he wants to get everybody involved that he can. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, you know, for him, the more that he gets involved, the less chance of the sport dying to him. So yeah. it's a good way I to mean, put it. That is a good way to put it. Yeah, no, I think he's off. just looking to like if anyone has any questions, he loves that shit. He yep. wants to get that knowledge out there and get everyone involved, mm-hmm. like you said. Shad, yeah. Shad was he gave away a bow this year at the shoot, and Kim, you actually won it. Uh, yeah, I was able to win it. Um, he was the one that actually showed me a whole bunch of the stuff that I use today to tr- traditional bow hunt, uh, and then a lot of the stuff that I used on my old uh, bow was from him. He had mm-hmm. given me arrows. Um, Arm guard. Um, I ended up have. I bought a glove. Um, what else did he? I'm trying to remember all the stuff he sent us. Uh, uh, hip quiver, bow silencer, all kinds of stuff. I mean, even pants, all the way to the pants. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. really. He, he's like, hey, what size cam pants does Cam wear? And he sent him pants. You know, it was just like 
he he sees he likes he wants to get the youth involved because the youth yep. is our future yep. and you know he just and he's just so passionate he about is, it like he is I can't explain how Shad is about and he he is about that way about everything that he does but I mean talking to him about trad hunting he just he wants everybody to learn from him. Well, yeah. He's he's in his heyday at the shoot too because there's oh, I mean a yeah. hundred people there that are all interested in what he's doing. So he gets to talk to a ton of different people, let people pick up his bows that have never got to hold one before and shoot him, and just gets to see their eyes light up. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in his element at that shoot. When and, I'm texting him to see if he can call in eventually. Yeah, I don't know if he can. Cam, you dropped a bomb to win that bow too because I was getting laced up, ready to shoot. I'm like, oh, yeah. I got this, and then you stepped so up I. and aced it. <laughs> yep, uh, I had. I was like the third person up, and I only had like one arrow left. I brought all my arrows that had, Shad had made for me to the shoot, and I think I lost like two or three in the shoot. Uh, I hadn't shot in a while, so the shoot was like my first time in a while going to shoot, so I was god-awful. Trad <laughs> isn't easy. <laughs> it's no, not, no. Not pra- at all. Practice makes perfect, I'll tell you that. Um, and then I tried to hit one of the metal ones. I can't remember their names. Like Doris, and, Doris uh, and Curly. Curly. Yeah, I think I was trying to shoot Doris and blew up two of my arrows, and I only had one left. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the competition was whoever could hit the 50-pound uh, bag of corn or whatever. Big time. Big time first would win the bow. Uh, I was the third one up. Claire went up before me, wasn't it? It was like yep. a little boy <laughs> and then Claire and then me, and I got really lucky. I was super pumped about it. Uh, it's like a 50 yard shot on, yeah. on the back yep. of big time. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron tilt that mouthpiece down to just a little bit. There you go. That should be. Yeah. Perfect. It was a crazy good shot for a young man. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out that the, the bow that I had won was that, well, the bow that he was testing the arrows that he had sent me with. So I thought that was really cool too. That is That's cool. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Way to, way to kill it. Yeah. That's what I thought was so cool, Dana, about like your family is your kids are out there, like your daughter's out there shooting with like with traditional equipment. Yeah, they're they're extremely passionate. When Cam Cam most of his time is ate up by FFA and in yeah. school and work right now. But yeah, you know when I go out and shoot at night, you know all all three of my kids want to go out and shoot. That's you know, really cool. Awesome. But most of the time, it's just me and Claire, and we're both shooting. She's got a, a little St. Joe River. Uh, longbow, mm-hmm. and then I'm shooting mine, and I I only get to shoot at the block target. She's got to, she gets to shoot at the elk because right, it's her target. It's her target. Right. But uh, yeah, mean, she won uh she won some victory arrows too. She won some arrows, and we ordered some carbon trad six fifties. Very cool. Nice. And uh, she's been shooting those, and she wants to strip the feathers off of them and make them purple and pink. But oh, of course, but right now they'll do. I was like. Daddy doesn't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are on there good. Well, and then going back, too, I think you got in the trad bow because Shad at the first shoot. Yep. That's what's cool about Shad. Like, if you're at the shoot and you want to try a trad bow, he'll put it right in your hand and be like, hey, just go shoot it. He handed me Gramps, and I'm yep. like, yeah. I can't shoot this bow. He's like, shoot the bow. Man, it is for. a sweet shoot. I, I literally acted the same way. I was like, there's no way I'm touching that. If it breaks, <laughs> I will literally, like, quit forever if yeah, it breaks yeah. my hands. <laughs> Right. Yeah, because you feel like it's like such a personal thing. It is. Yeah. But, but that's what's cool about it. I mean, that's really what like what archery is. It's like community and and passion. And he just wants people to experience it. He, he that's what that sure. boasts for to him is to get other people into it and have fun with. You know, I mean, and I'm sure that's what his grandfather would have wanted. You know? Exactly. Oh, yeah. They are uh, Robertson stick bows, yep. and they shoot really smooth, really smooth. That's what brand they are. Yep. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Okay. No so. 
he got you into trad? So I had a buddy years ago that tried to get me into trad, and I had purchased a uh, Bear Super Kodiak. Can I ask a question real quick? Yep. I mean, is saying trad douchey? I don't know. Should I'm, we ask uh, Make Hunting Great trad. Again? Is that like calling stabilizer stab? I hate that. Like, <laughs> I don't I like don't, that. I don't, I don't feel like it is. But I don't. I don't want to kill know. this podcast for some people because we're saying trad. I don't think so. I think it's all right. Yeah. If, if you don't like it, I mean, no, I, I, I'm not. I don't not like it. I just if it's bad, we'll hear about it later. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> that's fine. right. It's Fuck. easier to say. Get a bunch of hate mail. Hey, remember the thing in the beginning about finding a different podcast. <laughs> 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 all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your story, Dana. I just we're saying trad a ton, and I'm like, is this a, is that a no no? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert. <laughs> so did Chad get you into trad? So um, technically, he relit the fire. Gotcha. Uh, years ago, I had bought a uh, Bear Super Kodiak, and I really didn't... I shot instinctive instinctive with that, that bow, and it was. it's not very accurate. I didn't think it was very accurate for me, and... When you're not, when you're just shooting by yourself and and you don't have anybody showing you, showing you or giving you information off of, it's just it's hard to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it was way easier to go back to the bow with wheels, right? right. And right. Uh, wheels over cars, they are. But um, <laughs> uh, when we went to the the WCB shoot last year, um, Shad seen Cam come in. And Cam was carrying, he has a uh, Samick Sage, was the first bow that we had bought for him. And, uh, you know, Shad was immediately drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we got to talk and everything, and it kind of relit the fire. And uh, at that shoot, he's, like I had said earlier, he had said, you know, I got a bow for you to use. If if you want to get back into it and you promise that you use it, uh, you know, I'll get it to you and you know, try hunting with it this year, you know, just, it's sitting on the shelf at home, you know, it deserves to be in the woods. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, his bows have personalities. Too. They do. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, it's, it, I mean, how do you, how do you live up to it? You know, cause you know, it, it means so much to him, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and I, I put a lot of time in trying to kill a deer with that bow last year and, and I passed up a lot of deer thinking that, you know, it was going to be easier late season. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to shoot a respect, you know, a, a pretty good buck with it, you know, and um, then it finally got down to the wire, and I didn't shoot anything <coughs> with it. But yeah, at uh, least it was in the woods, and you were it trying. It was in the woods, yeah. you know. It it was it was with me every time I hunted. I mean, even during you know gun season, I I carry that that bow with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I it wasn't for lack that's of ca- trying. That's cocky. That's Chandler would say. <laughs> I need to get the soundbite of you saying that's cocky. Yeah, for the you, you got to appreciate that. Though. I mean, when you dedicate yourself to the sport, you dive in head first, mm-hmm. and, and it's honestly hard to put it down. Like once you get shooting it, you're like, why would I want to carry a gun? Like yeah. you almost feel guilty for taking an animal after you've shot that and have that as a goal in mind. You almost feel guilty for trying something else. It's, like, yeah, it's so addicting. Like I cannot get enough of shooting this bow. I cannot get enough of shooting. You know a stick and string because it's just every night that's all i want to do yeah right. i'm right there with you the first the first time i carried my uh i had a hoyt satori that i started with 45 pound hoyt satori and i remember walking in and like i loaded it up with weight try to get it feeling like a compound weight and so well 
not pa- not draw weight, physical poundage. Yeah, physical poundage. Because I mean, now the bow I shoot is like two pounds. Like yeah, With it weighs arrows. nothing. Yeah, and uh, it felt normal. And then I, if anybody knows me, I buy and sell and trade archery equipment. Like yeah, that's why you're I, so good at tuning. <laughs> you well. do? I change my own underwear. So <laughs> I love that we're you're we're admitting this. Like yeah. you're onto it. Yeah, I have an issue. He has so, a problem. Yeah, but uh. The first first time I carried in uh, an all you know wood bow, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you feel, feel <laughs> naked a little not, bit. Yeah, it's this a is different not feeling. Real. Like, <laughs> it makes you smile a little bit. Like, I'm actually going to try to kill a deer with yeah. this thing. I'm going to kill a deer with a piece of wood and a string attached to it. Like, so I like that you bring that up, Scotty. And there's something I think we probably should do. We kind of have already done it with Dana talking about Shad getting into it, but like, maybe that's where we start with you, Scotty. Is like. It, start from the beginning of your guys' traditional journey, I guess, if you will. You, you kind of got to it a little bit, Dana, but if you need to elaborate more on Cameron, feel free. And Austin, of course, people know little if they listen to the whole series of Oregon Classroom mm-hmm. Library. But I, I don't know if you want to start. Is that like the beginning? Like you just dove in? Or like what made you no, want to go that way uh, in the first the place? year before, I had a, a Bear Montana longbow and I had no idea what I was doing with it. Yeah. Um, got it on a trade deal. Um, all I know is <laughs> it was super long. It was like, a, the last time it was you like paid for anything? 60 foot. Yeah, never. Uh, it's like 64 inches long. And I was like, what am I doing with this thing? It's like taller than me. Like I'd stand on the porch and shoot it and slap the shit out of my arm. I'm like, this is dumb. Like <laughs> who enjoys this? Like, that's all it is. Like just slapping the shit out of my arm all the time. Kill something like, yeah, stupid. You look like, like a heroin addict walking around. Yeah, I got rid of it. And then, uh, it's actually, <laughs> you like it? <laughs> it's actually, uh, your birthday party. You had a party at your house one yeah, night. Yeah. You got your bow out and my trad rig. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I started shooting it and I was like, I, I was, I was anchoring different with it. I was bringing it up to like the bottom of my eye and my cheekbone. Yeah. And I was hitting like, I, threw like three arrows in i was like damn like 15 yards like (laughs) this is doable (laughs) yeah i'm like i could probably do that Mm -hmm. and then just got to thinking with it and uh i worked i worked down in a bow shop and uh just having so many different compound bows and working on everything um just it got really repetitious and i started losing like an interest for working on archery equipment like you started screaming wheels are for cars no like i just i mean i, I got subconsciously yeah i know what you're saying yeah but it's i just i was starting to get burnt out on it i'm like i need to completely try something different mm-hmm. and so i bought a hoyt's tory and it is night and day as i am sold all my my i had two compounds sold all of it sold everything compound like <laughs> typical scotty the style be- the month before bow season Dive this in. past year i'm like if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it okay i like the commitment <laughs> got rid of everything yeah it was it was a learning experience that, next thing you know it was was that last year when you're hunting in the stand with shorts and crocs on yeah yeah <laughs> that was, was like me. 90 was like degrees out degrees in like november like yeah it was insane but uh <laughs> yeah i is a whole learning curve, man. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, That's ballsy, man, to sell off compounds. 15 like, deer this year, this past year. Sounds wow. like a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did, what'd you say? You said you I shot had, at? Shot at 15, 15 different deer. 
15 most, different deer yeah it was the most fun i ever had in archery season like it like, shad likes to say it's the most fun you'll ever have missing yeah okay. like it seriously is like well after like the eighth one i'm like all right it's getting this is getting <laughs> it's not so much fun anymore. Like about halfway through missing <laughs> and, i'm uh, getting pretty hungry yeah it was, it was get, i was getting pretty pissed after a while i'm like all right like i shoot pretty good out in the yard I'm standing on a 12 foot wood ladder at the top of it, shooting at a bag target, trying to represent right. a tree stand. That was pretty janky. <laughs> oh, dude, that ladder was bad. But I think, I think as a bunch of novices, we can all agree that we're not expecting to go out there and just ace our first shot. Like we, yeah. yeah. we kind of understand a little bit about it after flinging thousands of arrows all summer. Like we know we're not just mm-hmm. going to go out there and kill the first thing we shoot at. So yeah. yeah. But like, come to say to that, like you probably don't feel as bad missing with a recurve or a longbow as you would with a compound well you kind of expect it on your first view i mean you're learning you're learning a lot right well that's why they call it the struggle stick right i agree yeah my first miss was a doe at i want to say 12 or 13 yards so i was like that was cool like i actually got the point like i got to the point to draw back a recurve on a deer which is cool Within 20 yards. I'm right. like, that first shot, something insane. you always remember. Like, whether or not yeah. you hit it, miss it, ace it, whatever, yeah. you're going to remember that shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Shad said he can jump on. Very Heck cool. Yeah. Awesome. So I think awesome. I'm going to call him, and I still want to go continue on. I know we're going to get sidetracked when he jumps on because we got to bring him up to speed a little bit. Um, but I don't feel like this would be complete not having Shad on. I agree. So, but I, wanna, I still want to go. I want to talk about this, everybody's entry way into the journey yeah. here and then kind of continue from there so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call him it'll ring through i'm just gonna do it live like we're doing it here and yeah that way it's real and raw he already knows i'm calling i made sure he wasn't gonna be doing some crazy shit or something when we <laughs> call. yeah you never know what he's doing <laughs> that's true maybe here what's up what's up buddy Oh, nothing sitting in the garage decompressing from a day. De- decompressing. Well, you're, we're recording, man. You're on. Awesome. Awesome. We, we got Dana, Cam, the Lord, Scotty Sullivan's in here, um, myself, and Eric. Nice. So we uh, a, we kind of made it. It's a hell of a crew. It's a hell of a crew. We needed you, though. Yeah. <laughs> the Miyagi. You're the missing link. <laughs> we're calling you. Would you call him, Eric? We gave you a nickname. Dr. Trad. Dr. Trad. <laughs> Doctor Trad, huh? I like I like Trad God, but Doctor Trad has a, like a special ring to it. I think. Um, so we already gave you kind of like your own intro. Like we started off talking about your influence and your passion and how much you care about uh, archery in general, but traditional archery and kind of how like at the shoot that like you thrive in the environment of like getting people to shoot your bow, Gramps. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. How like Cam and I shot it for the first time. We're like, I don't want to shoot this bow that means so much but you like insist like that's what the bow is for so we've, we've kind of already given a little background for you you know even though you're not here and we just started talking about like everyone's like scotty just got done talking about his like why he decided to go traditional and the way he kind of dove into it by selling mm-hmm. off his compound stuff so and i was gonna do that with everyone in the studio so just to bring you up to speed there and kind of get you involved but uh I wish you're here, but thank you for calling in. This is the next best thing. So yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, I I wish I was there too. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes life throws you curveballs, and you don't get to go through with plans that you want to do. So, I mean, we all know that. We've all been there. So yep. oh, yeah, 
Definitely. That's just how it goes. And that's probably the traditional game summed up in in a hole there. Everything you just said, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like life. So we'll just start with you, uh, Shad. Just get you right in to the whole game here. Right after Scotty, it kind of explained his breakdown. Like, when did you get into traditional hunting? Was it something that you started with, or is it something you started after the um, compounds? No, it. Um... It started with me, uh, uh, you know, I talked about this on the other podcast that we did. That It started with me from my grandfather. Um, right. He got me shooting a bow when I was five, but him and all his buddies, uh, you know, they pretty much lived the traditional life. Uh, my grandfather had a, a couple old compounds. Um, he had an old golden eagle that he actually handed down to me when I was really young. Um, but one night they were all out shooting and Gramps uh, – picked up a, uh, a, a bear super Kodiak from a yard sale for $15. And, you know, it's just back in the eighties and in the nineties, you know, nobody thought about that shit. Right. So, um, you know, now you're not going to do that. No, but, uh, his buddies got me to, uh, to shoot with them. And I spent all night out there, you know, like, I don't know, seven to 10 yards trying to hit this skull can lid. That was on a target, and I, you know, I finally started to do it, and there was just something about it that sparked inside of me, and it was just, it was fun. I wasn't mad when I missed. It was like I'd get excited about how damn close I was, right? Uh, and that's just where it all kind of came from, and it's, it's, it's been something that has been in me, I don't know, since the first time I watched an arrow fly, I guess. So. But yeah, I, uh, in in 1993, since I'm an old bastard, I was three um, years old at the time. Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm old enough to be uh, some of you guys' father. So, for the uh, record, if people hear a noise, I'm trying to open a beer bottle over the studio table right now. So I apologize. Chad. Just keep <laughs> just, doing your thing. Just crack, Chad. Cr- crack the side of it, man. Whoa! Uh, the ceiling. <laughs> Cheers. First time I ever done that. And it was really well. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. Hey, shout nice. out halfway across the room. Fuck yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> pumped about that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sad I missed that. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Don't worry about me. No, you're fine. I'm listening. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I uh, in 1993 is when I uh, sold sold my compounds and uh, shot shot traditional pretty much exclusively until a few years back. Let's be honest. Then, the, the compounds in '93, Shad, were not, <laughs> you might as well have been shooting a recurve, anyways. Well, shooting fingers, I mean, like, they're just yeah. too much like wheels I, on a car for me. I had to really let them go. Them parallel limbs are really getting me. They were probably plastic. I, they were it, probably it, longer it was, than the, than the recurve. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think my last compound I had was like mm, probably. 50 inches, maybe. <laughs> it was, it was a long inch brace height. It'd be sick to yeah, get man. one of those and try to set it up and try to hunt. See, like, like late I, season with it. Yeah. And I shot it with fingers. I shot my compound with fingers. That's hard to do. Uh, That's impressive. I've done it. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's, you killed a deer like that. Yeah. That's cocky. Your fingers just look I like was, grapes. <laughs> I was actually just uh, talking to Josh McDaniel last weekend about that. Like I want to get uh, a target, a modern target compound and set it up for hunting, but use fingers. Cause I'm oh, used to using cool. fingers. So cool. like it's, 
it's it's it would be uh you know i don't know i guess it'd be another way to piss people off because i don't follow rules well, of what i'm supposed to do with archery if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna be you man yeah. and i know you're gonna do it if you want to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been in, in the back of the mind there for a little while. It's like you know these are long enough. Some of these thirty nine inch compounds they're long enough. Oh yeah, that I can shoot with fingers, and I would probably shoot it a hell of a lot better than what I do with the release. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, I mean, sold your last compound in ninety three, Dovin. Yeah. That's a long time to commit to the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'm sure that we have a different spectrum of people listening. We probably have guys that have started on traditional equipment and never left it. And that's what it is. And they have, I mean, maybe they have their thoughts about other equipment, whatever doesn't matter. And then the newer guys that just got into it, guys that are on the fence, like it's something I like want to do, right? Mm-hmm. but it's something I'm not ready to do. Like I just, yes. I got to feel like it's time. There's certain it's, things um, I want to accomplish with a compound before I do traditional. And, and that's understandable. And, and yeah. it, it's because it, it is a different, I mean, unless you know, your name starts with Lord. It is a usually somewhat of a learning curve, right? Right. <laughs> Somehow yeah, he just pulls just ass it. backwards into gold, right? He's like, ah, I think I'll go out and shoot a doe, and I'm just going to trip into a 150. I just got lucky. Yeah. I got lucky like four or five times last year. Well, no, you. that's the thing, though, is you didn't get lucky because you already know how to hunt big deer. Yeah. You're just hunting them with a different weapon. Well, so it's well, not, it, it wasn't all luck. Like you, you've put in some work. You just had a different weapon with you. Chandler is humble and that's the best thing about him. That's mm-hmm. why we can call him the Lord. Very much so. If, For sure. If you were some cocky asshole, it would suck to call you the Lord. We'd never call you the Lord because <laughs> and he wouldn't even be here. Cause you'd come into a place like in a church over like, man, fuck that guy. Right. You know what I mean? That's why people who are arrogant, you never call him shit like that. Leah says the Lord's going to go to my head and I'm just going to walk around with my chest puffed out and just be like, you know, my name. <laughs> I disagree because <laughs> you know my name. Call me Domi. <laughs> I'm daddy to you, Lord Daddy. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Lord. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's why we call Austin the Lord because he's a big butt killer. And Chad, you're exactly right. It's he he's that humble that he's like, I got lucky. Well, if you know how to hunt big deer, that's one thing. But knowing how to get in within 15 yards of a big deer. That's the kicker. That's the kicker. So you already have more than half the game figured out. The rest is just being able to shoot a traditional bow. And that's where the luck part comes in because there is definitely a lot of luck when it, I mean, for me anyways, like I'm not, I'm not the shooter that Shad is like, I got about a one in five chance of hitting where I want to. So (laughs) there was a lot of luck involved. (laughs) (laughs) I connected on January 9th. It's impressive though. Yeah. Even like deer are jumpier late season. Yeah, you know, shot it two foot off the ground at eight yards. Whoa, that's awesome. Yep. That's it's even more impressive. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. I guess. Yeah, I missed those details. It was insane. Like blackout. Just <laughs> <laughs> shot. So, let's talk about it then. What just at. happened? Bring us into that. Um, sorry, Shad. We kind of jumped off you getting into the no, archery. No, that's fine, man. Let's, well, uh, let's 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 go. We're jumping. Um, it wasn't really cold. I remember late season wasn't too bad, actually. It was a strange year. I was hunting Very in, like, strange. normal Lots pants and a vest yeah. and a flannel. Like, I... You were in a flannel? Yeah, Dude, I wouldn't, like... Because this traditional story get any better? Full trad. Yeah. Well, like... Yeah. I went, like, back to, like, roots last year. See, if like, you would have had a pullback and let go flannel on, it would have been even better. Like, dude, I was wearing, like, Carhartt, like, work pants. Like, I got rid of all my camo last year. 
Like, <laughs> like I just shit, went right deep. back to like you're on archery talk, just talking shit to yeah. everybody. <laughs> well, like I just wanted to go back when I was like younger. Like yeah, I was wearing Walmart camo. Like yeah. I had fun when I was a little kid. Like yeah. deer hunting. I wanted that again. Like That's... I I got so wrapped up in like if there was a new bow, I had it or I. You know, I I owned everything. Yeah, that literally everything. Out. He's literally owned Seriously. every bow that's ever been made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I I get what you're saying, but I don't think that's bad because I'm a I'm a compound nerd. Yeah. Like I'm always like that bow looks cool. Mm-hmm. Always learning. Yeah. Yeah. That too. But, but I just you know. But I get to go back to. I get it. Where you know where you came from, which wasn't traditional, but just that. No cameras, no, no pressure. Know, I was just going out and hunting. I was enjoying what I was doing. Yeah, right. Makes a lot of sense. And um, had this. I thought it was a doe. And I, I'm 270 pounds, so I, I made. I made this. Uh, yeah, I'm stout. <laughs> I'm sweating. He's a right fucking now. steed. I'm like a, I'm like a thick logger, you know, the, the, red, yeah. <laughs> the red steed. Yeah. <laughs> and, the red uh, steed. I'm, I, I put this. I I made my own stand last year too. Which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, that, that was pretty sweet. That I'm surprised it held me. I'm like, <laughs> if it can hold me at 20 feet, I'm I'm good. Scotty got in forums and said, "Suck that, mobile hunters." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody makes it. Yeah, you pay five hundred dollars. Whatever brand you wear, yeah. suck it or, yeah. or use. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a brand war. I uh, I hung it in this like ten inch round tree, and here like. I had a good backdrop. The tree still had like brown leaves on it and stuff. What what trees hold oak or something like that? Hold leaves like all winter long, like brown brown leaves. Mm, Sounds some, good. Some well, oaks do. I was like, yeah, I'll blend in here. So here's like my big dumbass like against this ten inch tree, <laughs> I, all red. Yeah, I got red a green. I was shooting a sixty four inch uh, Tolk longbow, and uh, I'm like eye level with this bean field. So, like, where I'm at, the field's up here. And so, like, hold on. Let me paint that. You're in your homemade stand, two foot off the ground. Yeah. In, in this mystery tree with leaves on it still in January. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I literally just, I mounted it to the tree and. Sounds made up. Hard but grunted up into the tree. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard grunted. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm following you now. So, I'm looking over the edge of this field and I see, I thought it was doe. Walking, there's a little bit of beans left on the edge of the field. He's kind of nibbling through it. I got this 10 inch tree, like, like I'm staring at this mic right now. It's right in front of me. I got my bow hanging right here. This deer's walking right at me. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, if I, I like tree me, like, <laughs> you got like, like a foot of Scotty yeah, on each side of this yeah. tree. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm like, I'm just going to move my hand up. Like I'm just a tree. Yeah. Just, just doing, feel, feeling do, up this tree, doing, doing tree, tree things. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, grab it, dude. It's so close. Like I don't think I've been that close to a deer before. Really? And it says it like a zoo or something. But I hear this <laughs> fucker like breathing. Like I can hear him breathing when he's walking. And it was just a grab. Like I, I don't remember any of that instinct. It was instinct. just boom. Hard shot, eight yards. No kidding. Ran, ran 60 yards, ran uphill, died like it circled back around to me pretty much. No kidding. Yeah, dude, that is the most like insane thing I've ever So done. gratifying when you dude. spend that many hours flinging arrows and then to finally see that one just yeah. go right where you want it to. It's like, holy shit, that's what I've been yeah. practicing for. Give me that feeling, Scotty, like what's going through your head. Did you see him go down? No. like uh, So I shot him. He ran down the hill. 
And, um, like, this is the first time, like, I've shaked that hard. Like, I'm literally <laughs> just, I'm, like, freaking out. Over like, any other deer. Yeah. Like, I'm, like. Like, checking your pulse, make sure everything's okay. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there, like. So like, fuck you! Like I say, down. Like just like gnome hop out of my stand because I'm two foot off the ground. I'm fast as fuck. Hop out and like I'm I'm standing there. I'm like, who do I call? Like I'm gonna call my dad. My dad never answers his damn phone. He lives down in Tennessee, so I'm like, fuck you, dad. Like I call my buddy Chris. He's talking shit. My buddy Chris lives in Dewitt. I'm like, I just shot my first deer with a fucking longbow, dude. Like, freaking out. And Chris is like, wait for me to get there. I'm like, dude, you live like 50 minutes away. Oh, like, yeah. That's a haul. I don't know if I can wait that long. Yeah. Just do it. Just go get Dude, I drank like six beers. Like, I the garage. <laughs> of course you did. Slamming them. <laughs> just, pa- just pacing back and forth. Oh, dude. Well, like. Before the garage part, I, I went to go try find some blood, and I'm walking down the hill, and there, there's zero blood. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Fuck me, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'd, I'm I'm getting way too excited for, like, nothing right now. Maybe mm-hmm. I, like, smoked him in the shoulder. Isn't it crazy how your brain goes back on itself, and you start doing yeah. weird shit like that? Like, <laughs> just thinking, like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> just go, wounded a deer. But that, like, that's also what's cool about bow hunting. You go from highest of highs to immediately the slump yeah. hit the bottom of the barrel. Oh yeah. And then you don't know where you're going from there. You might stay down there. Yeah. You might come up. That's, that's what makes it good. Yeah. Because it, it jerks your emotions to where when it's sweet, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And when it's low, it hurts so yeah. fucking hard. But he, uh, he ran down the hill and like around this edge and I found the other half of my arrow, uh, the back half of my feathers just soaked in blood. Oh no. Kidding. I'm like, <laughs> we're good. So you can, de- like, I mean, your feathers are so... I shot this deer with a 43-pound longbow. Mm-hmm. Like, if if the feathers are soaked in blood, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I did something good. You got some penetration. Yeah. You zinged her. It went in, uh, uh, nicked part of the heart, and, like, buried into the opposite shoulder. I'm like, how? I, I don't know how a 43-pound bow does that, but... Hey. Like, blew me away. I... I- I can tell you how it does it because I've had my wife and my son both have pass-throughs on deer with 40-pound and under bows. It's, it's insane. Just shot, it's, it's just arrow placement, razor-sharp broadhead, and weight. That's all it is. Yep. It's a very it's very yeah. simple math. Yeah, I mean, but, it, but you're, we're so used to, I guess, outdoor path. TV of being like, I'm shooting 70 pounds. Yep. Pass-through shots, you know, yeah. crazy blood trails. Yeah. Yep. And, well, we did the pod, uh, podcast. Now, if you go back one episode with Mark Jury, he was uh, he said he had a shoulder injury and was shooting like in the high forties, and he's like, I knew I could kill a deer at this certain weight because I watched Taylor do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I know you can get the penetration. My drawing's longer. I get, so it's it's a it's it's weird. It's a big controversy. I feel like a little bit right. I don't to, think that anybody at this table is shooting a, a longbow or recurve over fifty pounds are they? Mine's forty three. Mine's forty two that I have at home, but I'm not hunting with it. I'm, I'm not trying to kill. I got. I have one that's my like seventy two. Is fifty two. Is it? Yeah. Eric's a Superman though. By playing, oh, I can't shoot it. <laughs> that thing was the hardest thing to string up that I've ever strung up in my life. <laughs> I mean, Eric, Eric's I blew ring on that one. I gave you that one that's like it's fifty five at twenty eight. I think that one I gave you. Yeah. 
That thing felt like it might maybe sixty. It might be sixty. It's it's stout. That thing was insane. My dad's got a longbow that he gave to me. I'm gonna give it to Jeremy Beck, and it's uh, it's I think seventy five or eighty pounds at twenty eight. So at Jeremy's draw, it's <laughs> gonna be like one that hundred pounds. That and that's what I said. I, I said I don't know anybody else that could draw this thing. I, I, can, I can get gave, it back like ten inches. <laughs> I almost gave mine to Jeremy that day because I'm yeah. like, I'll never be able to shoot this damn thing. <laughs> I cool. couldn't get it back to my face. It's just a cool right. conversation piece. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get drinking with your buddies. Hey, string that up. See how far you can well, get that like back. <laughs> Scheffler, try this. Jared Scheffler yeah. shooting that seventy pounder. Yep, he's That's not, insane. He snapped shooting a seventy. I think seventy five pounds, if I remember right, and it's it's stout. Oof. You should have gave that to Jeremy to see if he'd kill a deer with it, and then you could talk shit to him. If that would be sweet. <laughs> But no, it doesn't take a lot of poundage. I mean, it, you're you're almost more in tune with your equipment when you dive into this traditional thing. Mm-hmm. You you know your arrow and your broadhead setup and the way that arrow flies better than you do with a compound. Yeah. With a compound, it's easy to just slap a setup together. Hey, I'm shooting. I'm yep. I'm hitting the bullseye. Let's go hunt with it. With traditional equipment, you're you seem to be a lot more in tune with what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's well, like driving it, an automatic well, versus a manual. Also, it's also more hands on because with the compound. If you don't understand them, you have to take them somewhere. Like you have to go to, you yeah. know, see Ross, or go, buddy or Ross go or see Scotty. Josh McDaniel, yep. you know, or whatever. And with with a traditional bow, it's it's pretty. I just simple. call you I mean, Shad. Messing, exactly. I just yeah. call Shad. <laughs> it's it's you're messing with with you know a knock height, a brace height, and you know an arrow. Like and arrows are pretty, especially if you're using carbon, they're pretty easy to manipulate because mm-hmm. you can just change the point weight. Yeah. and do yeah. a lot of it. So it's pretty simple um, once you have a basic understanding of it. It's, you know, you can do, do it with no tools, right? You don't have to have a bow press. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. And that's what makes it so neat and so fun is that you can tinker with it like you can a compound, but without all the bullshit. Right. Yep. And I don't know if this is true. Like, is it, are you thinking less? Because you don't have to worry about the bubble. You don't have to worry about putting a pin on it. Like, you don't have to worry about all that stuff, or is it kind of the well, same? we could get into shooting styles right yeah. there, and that's a whole different podcast <laughs> whole, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Let's yep. touch, can we t- touch on it a little bit? Because yeah. it yeah. kind of makes me wonder, is like, I know a peep sight changes a lot for accuracy on a compound, but do people, if people just want to kill a deer, do they overstress on compound form? Well, we're not talking I, about that here, I guess. Yeah. We need I, to think you, I think easier. you can. It's easier to get away with form issues with a compound. They're more forgiving because they're longer, longer brace well, heights. I agree. It's, yeah, form is everything to me, I think, in traditional archery. Trying to have a consistent form and anchor point. But and, but it's more what works for you. Yes. it's so it, Traditional is like such an individual it's kind of like wrestling in high school. Like you're your own, you're you're wrestling for yourself. You know, right. it's like you might anchor a certain way, but Dana does this, yeah. And yeah. Chandler does this, Every, and Chad does this. Yeah, everybody's yeah. going to kind of adopt what feels natural to them and what mm-hmm. works the best for them. And there's a lot of different styles of shooting. Um, I was just kind of looking over this today to kind of refresh my memory because I I only use a couple, but. You've got basically you've got instinctive shooting where you just pull back and just instinctively let go and the arrow goes where you want it to. And then you've got gap shooting, which I think is a really popular method right That's now. That's what I use. That's yep. what I shoot. All right, yeah. so break those down a little bit. What's gap shooting? Go ahead, Dana. You use this method. Uh, so basically with gap shooting, I, uh, I use the point of my arrow as a point of reference to aim 
Your point of arrow, your, the, the point of your arrow at full draw. The point draw. of my arrow at full draw. Uh, and it changes a lot between if you shoot split finger or mm-hmm. three under. And uh, Split finger as in being like one, one up, finger one on top, two under the arrow. Yep. yep. And I kind of adopted the uh, three under method. And, and like I said, I'm still learning on all of it and I'm finding different. I mean, even from the shoot where Scotty and I shot together mm-hmm. from the the 2021 bow shoot or WCB shoot. Um, I picked up a, di- a couple different ways to shoot that, uh, have so far in the backyard range has helped me out a bunch. But, um, so basically, uh, you know, you- you're using the tip of the arrow as a point of reference and I like to get the arrow as close to my eye as possible. So I can basically, I'm looking down the shaft of the arrow mm-hmm. and, uh, and then, you know, I hold high or hold low. You know, I don't know if any of you guys have trouble with this, but coming from a compound background, it is extremely hard to focus on holding the point of your arrow off of the target. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're you're shooting close range or even shooting far range, you got to hold the point of that arrow either above the target or below the target, and it's hard to get used to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where... You know, I've practiced at 35 plus. I would say my point on right now is at 30 yards, and and that, that's with a 48 pound bow at 27 inches. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's when when you're starting to shoot longer ranges just to practice. You know how compound we love to shoot longer yardages. That way, the the shorter yardages are are easier to shoot. Easier, yeah. But when you're trying to shoot at a target where you can't even see the target, you're just holding above the target and your hand is covering the target, yeah. it's really hard to do. Ooh, that's a great way to like explain that. That has to be me struggling with like vision issues and like I'm working on getting that fixed. I that would be that's a that's a lot. It Basically is. when you get past the point of your point on impact where yeah. you're using the tip, when you get past that your hand is kind of covering the target. Which is like where point. does that point start? Like what's the well, yard? So for you it's thirty, you said it's right? at thirty yards. So yeah, and that's as close. Point, is but point it's far on, for a, is point on what point on means is where I can actually aim the arrow at where I'm shooting. Draw back, put the tip of the arrow on the target, and release, and you're going to be close mm-hmm. to being in the target. Yep. And then when you start getting farther than point on, that's that's where I start to struggle because, you know, you, you're aiming higher and higher above the deer or the, above the target, and it's – it messes with your head. You just got to mm-hmm. gap your fingers all of it so you can see through them. But that's a good thing <laughs> well, about traditional a, is most of the time, I mean, we're just practicing in the backyard for fun doing that. Most of the time in a hunting circumstance, I we're going to be within 20 yards. Exactly. I don't think I would shoot 30 yards in a – if I'm in, if I've got a deer at me with, in front of me at 30 yards, I don't know if I would shoot at it. Yeah. Because but you're doing it for the same reason we practice at 100 yards with the compound. Exactly. Your, yeah. your form and everything at 30 yards – has to be so dialed to get that arrow to go where you want. It yep. makes a 15 or 20 yard shot feel that much easier. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, it's hitting my anchor point. If I don't hit my anchor point, you know, if I'm short drawing it or if I'm letting up on my draw as I shoot, it makes a huge difference where you hit down range. If, if so, I shoot a, uh, there, there's a bunch of different types of fletching cuts that you can use. But I've grown fond of the shield cut, and when I draw that back, I put the 
tip of the feather on my nose. And that's when I know I've hit my draw, my draw length. Interesting. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, I feel like it's better if I keep pulling, the more you pull, you know, the, the more weight is getting yeah, behind it. it it's kind of like shooting a back tension. You know, you're, you're trying to break that shot. You're better yeah. to keep that gradual you, tension exactly. and gradual back pressure versus to creep ahead even a little bit. It totally yep. affects where that arrow is going to go. You and you're three under? under? Three under, yep. Three under. What's the advantage to three under? I mean, am I diving into it? So, it, and Shad can, can probably jump this in this more, too. But I feel like it brings the arrow closer to my eye so that I have something to use as a reference to aim because I come I come from a, a compound background. I come from an HHA single pin shot background to where I need I need something to aim at. I need some I need a point of reference and yeah. it, I feel like three under will allow me to bring that arrow closer to my eye to use that shaft and that the tip of that arrow as something to aim with. Right. Okay. And out of a tree stand for me, I started shooting split finger and I would just shoot consistently high. One over, two under? One over, two under. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even at home shooting, I've got a garage loft at like 12 foot. I would shoot consistently high. It just didn't feel natural. And then I started experimenting with three under and it naturally brought my point of aim lower and I was hitting where I wanted to. So for me, it was just a more natural feel to shoot three under. My arrow just went where I wanted it to. Gotcha. From so, an elevated position, it helped me out a lot. How do you aim, Austin? I kind of use a hybrid style. So when I'm close, when I'm when I'm within fifteen to twenty yards, I'm instinctive. I just kind of pull back and shoot. And when I start getting twenty yards and back, then I kind of start using my riser and my tip of my arrow as a frame of reference. Gotcha. So kind of like a gap style. So I'm curious when when you aim, do you do you aim the whole time, or do you aim right away and do you focus on your draw as as when I'm close, when you're close, I just aim right away. I guess. I, so like for me, I like to get my, when I draw back, I like to get my aiming done right away. I like to put my arrow on the target and then I focus on pulling through the shot, drawing through the shot so that I know that I hit my acre point every time. Right. Okay. Okay. I think for, I, for me, I guess for my instinctive style, I is before I even draw the bow, I look at where I want to hit, and I just keep looking at it, and I draw the bow, I lift the bow up, and I draw back, and I anchor, and I'm just constantly looking at that same point, and it's just all kind of instinctive, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't really concentrate on anything that I'm doing. Okay. And the th- the more arrows I shoot through it, the better I seem to get. God, there's so I much more there. to this than I thought. Yeah. Cam, let's talk about you, man. You've been quiet for a little bit. How do you aim? You know, I mean, did you start with a compound? Did you start with traditional equipment? Um, yeah, I kind of started out with a compound, and I just, I really never got into it. Like, I remember when I was younger, I would shoot a whole bunch, but I never really got into like the whole, oh, I want to shoot something with this. Right. Uh, so during uh the beginning of COVID and during like COVIDcation. Um, that's basically, <laughs> I've never heard that. I haven't either. That's basically what we called it in Cambridge is like during that, like March until we got back. And even after, because we, in Cambridge, we started out going in person yeah, and then a whole bunch of the teachers started getting sick with COVID and they just sent us back until October. So everyone just called it like COVIDcation. That's hilarious. <laughs> I never heard that. I guess I'd call it that too if I was in school. And so, uh, 
starting in like May, I had talked my dad into buying me the the Sa- the Samic Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the best thing you do. Talk your dad into buying you stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, I don't have the money for this. I don't have. I didn't have a job at that point. I had worked originally um, at the school. I was like an after school tutor. Yeah. Uh, but once COVID hit, uh, I was out of a job and I hadn't found a job yet. Yeah. So I was if he's like, a tutor, he's way smarter than we are already. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta come in here and teach got, talk. He does not have wage brain. <laughs> no, no wage brain going on here. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Keep that going. But no, I mean, you're ambitious, right? You're in school and you're working. You're oh, yeah. Stuff, I'm, so. I'm really ambitious. That's one of my big things about being in an FFA. Uh, right now, I'm the Cambridge FFA president. And like one of my main things this year, uh, we had to come up with a core value. And my core value this year was to be ambitious and to push not only myself, but the fellow FFA members in my chapter to succeed yeah. and to, to go try different things. Do, be who you are because – FFA is more than just farmers. Like I'm not a farmer. I I harvest deer, but I'm not a farmer farmer. I I specifically I do wildlife production and management, and uh, that's one of my record books that I do right now. Uh, is I go out to my two properties and manage them, get them ready for deer season. And I'm not really allowed to say that I hunt in my record book, but I do hunt. Yeah. Um. Man, you're gonna be a politician or something. Just the way you're <laughs> that's, talking that's right what now. He wants to be. Dude, that's what we I need. Can, man. I can we see that. Politicians I can hear it right now. <laughs> that's good. Hey, we'll we'll back you. Not that you want us to back you, but if, <laughs> if that's what direction it goes, we'll back you. Hey, Trump made it. What's up? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Twenty twenty four. Hey. <laughs> Anything can happen. He's got my vote. Candace Owens in this motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I just ruined your whole bit with it. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> High school. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, it's real. So I talked my dad into getting me this bow, and I automatically was like, I was in love with it. I wanted to shoot every possible minute that I had. And with no school and having like all the afternoons free, I was out there as long as I could. Yeah. I would shoot until it was dark out. So... I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I want to go to a bow shoot with it because I wasn't. I'm when it comes to like trying new stuff. I always feel embarrassed if I fuck it up the first time. Like if I do it real bad, you you rebuttaled my effort with your effort. (laughs) If I I feel like if I mess up something, like I'm like, oh nobody. Why would I want to do it again? Yeah. So I took the step to be ambitious and to go out and go try shooting at the WCB shoot. And uh, that's when I met Shad. And Shad, I just want to say thank you so much for helping me and mentoring me throughout this whole process. It's been really helpful, and I think I've learned so much more than I would have just trying it on my own. Yeah. Uh, so moving into that, uh, after the sh- bow shoot and during the bow shoot, Shad really helped me out, uh, get, gave me some tips. Um, at first, I literally pulled up to the bow shoot shooting regular carbons with – like, oh, what's the word? Like compound. He was shooting on. like a three fifty spine with with blazer veins. Yeah, of like plastic a 40 veins. Pounds. <laughs> and Chad's like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" That's pretty yeah. much what he said. He I'm was telling like, you, I knew so much about Trad. I mean, I thought he was going to kill it, but <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. Adam, yeah, yeah don't that's know. right. I mean. <laughs> That's what I would say. I say that all the time, and I don't know if that makes sense. But, I mean, if you don't know, I mean, someone's got to teach you. Exactly. Then, then you know. That's right. But I don't think, you know, you're going for it. That's cool, man. Like, yeah. kind of what you said is, like, you would be embarrassed, like, if you fucked up or whatever. Like, I, to me, when, you know, if the first year you came out with traditional equipment, 
my view of it is everyone was like backing you, thumbs up, like that yes, is badass, yeah. yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And you might not have realized, maybe you did in time, you know, after being there a little while. But trust me, if you're at the the archery community is not that way. No. Like if they see people doing that, they're like, "That's awesome! Yeah. That kid's oh, going for it." Respect, and, especially at a young age when you can take the easy route and pick up a compound. You know, it's yeah. it's you just been fa- out there with a double barrel crossbow, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hit an eight. <laughs> well, seriously, this. in the day and age when everybody's taking the easy route and to go, you know, longer, younger, faster, generation. easier, right. and to see somebody pick it up and go the old school way is just badass. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's saying well, too, like Chad's influence on the shoots the last couple of years is like. He has brought out these recurves and longbows, and every year we see more and more, more traditional. And more. I mean, we yeah. couldn't even find enough places to hang bows this year. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Tent. Just because him coming out and be like, hey, you want to shoot this? Go shoot it. Like, I'll give you the bow. I'll give you the arrows. Just go try it. Very open community. Yep. Very. Yeah, and I could definitely say that gave me a, a lot more confidence than I had. I went into the bow shoot. I had a little bit of confidence, but talking with Shad and talking with everybody else definitely gave me a, a confidence boost. Yeah, uh, awesome. So after that, Shad uh, agreed to send me some a care package of sorts with a whole bunch of good goodies in it. Uh, arrows, I got a quiver, uh, arm guard, you, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I greatly appreciated it. Um, and I just continued to try to keep practicing. And at that point, I was in the middle of the summer to where I had gotten a job uh, doing landscaping. And so I would go and I would get up and go landscaping at 8 up in the Quad Cities. And not get home until five, and I'll get home like, okay, let's go shoot. Like I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And so I wasn't like, again with the confidence thing. Like going into deer season, I was like, do I really want to go out right now with what I have, like with my abilities? And I just, I didn't feel like I had enough confidence to go out and try to shoot a deer last year with my uh, trad bow. So I waited, and I'm gonna try to do it this year. Uh, just recently at the last working class bow hunter shoot, I won the bow that Shad was giving away, um, and I was super stoked about that. Anybody that was there could probably see me cheesing from a mile away. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh, yeah. I heard people. I was even up there, and I heard people going nuts. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We were all cheesing for you, man. That was badass. A, a little side note on that is that so I, I wasn't sure how we how I was going to give this bow away, right? And so Joe had to get rid of bags of big time, anyways. So I was like, fuck it. I carried a bag out there, just set it like, I don't remember, it was like 50 yards 50 or something. 50 yards, yep. Yeah, and I was like, first person to hit this with, a, you know, hit this bag with an arrow gets this bow, right? And so instantly all the, you know, all the compound guys are dialing their sight to 50 yards because it's at the 50-yard, you know, it said 50 yards right there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. People, like kids and people with traditional bows get to go first. Yeah, right. And then you got, you know, because it's just going to take those guys one time. You know what I mean? Fuck, I can do it with my bow at 50 yards. It's not yeah. With my eyes closed. But, yeah. So the the cool thing about it was is that Cam hit that bag with one of the arrows that I made him last year, and I used the bow I gave away to test those arrows out because yep. it was it was kind of in the same specs of what his bow was. So, and he didn't know that I was making those arrows. I just, whenever, whenever I saw what he was shooting, I've got a soft spot for kids who shoot archery anyways. Um, yeah. Even more so, you know, and, like he said, he's ambitious. It, Cam and Cam's like, you, and by the way, you guys are dicks. You didn't tell me Cam was in the studio. 
he's he's literally one of my favorite people, man. Like I, I love Cam, this. Cam's kid. normally pretty quiet. You've said in a couple episodes, so this is his first time he's like shining bright, man. So I do apologize. <laughs> but, I didn't bring on, you up when I did the intros. I feel on a side terrible. note, his younger sister almost beat him out for that bow. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was really close. <laughs> she they was both close. wanted it. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. There, I feel were, bad, buddy. No, you're good. You're good. There, she's nine. Yeah, she's nine. <laughs> she's, she's gonna be a better. She's gonna be a better shooter than I am before long. So that's not a thing. That's not something she's to be ashamed good. of. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, women shoot better. That's true. That <laughs> they have, true. Yeah, they have they more do. focus. Like my my girls shoot amazing. Don't give them that much credit. <laughs> no, not to mention that I have like awful focus issues. Like I'll be like, oh, bird, and like, gone. <laughs> oh, you shiny. You see something shiny? Like, What's that? So before shy. you know it, the bird's taking one through the eyeball. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you, guys, what we're good at, we're good at spitting and throwing rocks. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's what we're designed for. And then breeding. Swinging and arrows. Oh, we're just trying to throw arrows. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really pretty yeah. primitive when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but, dude, I think that's great. I think it's cool that – let me ask you this, because when I was in high school, you're a junior. Uh, I'm going to be a senior. You're going to be a senior. Oof. So when I was in – I went to UT, so I went to a more in, in the sorry. Quad Cities High School, right? <laughs> and I was the only one out of, I don't know, 600 kids in my class, you know, and that's just my class that was, like, r- actually into hunting, Mm-hmm. And so I would go to school with like you know I'm the BMX kid, but I have at the time I was camo I, sweatshirt on, yeah, Hoyt hoodie, yeah, you know. And everyone's like, you're wearing hoodies with deer on it. I'm like, yeah, eat shit. With like, the deers, like to me, I was kind of in in that aspect a little bit of the outcast. Is it that way at your high school too? Uh, not really. Like I would say, a lot of the people that I go to school with traditionally shoot. Uh, like they kill deer with their guns. Um, that's a lot of the people that do it. Uh, there is definitely quite a few people that are into archery. Uh, there's in my class specifically, uh, one of the girls that I go to school with, her name's Zoe Larson. Uh, her family mm-hmm. actually hosts, uh, like a, uh, what is it? Like a, what is it called? You distracted him. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, like a, like an archery club. Yeah. And so oh, he, no kidding. he a had archery club where they, they get together once a week and, uh, they shoot bows. Oh, you that's know, they've awesome! They've got Very a, cool. uh, you know, they've got uh, a rack of like uh, the Genesis bows where you can just go in. Yeah, you know, come out and try if you want. Yeah, exactly, and you know, it's. Do they need helpers with that? I, I could ask, or Cameron could ask. Yep, I can ask. If you could but, ask, I'd be more than willing to but, help. Uh, yeah, there's. It's not there's, far from you. Either. A couple yeah. of the kids actually came to the shoot, and uh, uh, they shot with with Claire a lot, the little kids that were the younger kids that were shooting compounds up there with, uh, the rest of us, you know, they, you know, that they've got mentors that, you know, that help them out. And, you know, that's what we need. We need more mentors out there, yeah, yeah. more people out there pushing for the youth to get involved because mm-hmm. maybe we get them involved with the shoot next year. Exactly. Yeah. Cause awesome. we are a dying breed right now. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And it's cool now, like the high school, where I went to school, they have uh, skeet or trap shooting. They yep. have an archery yep. club. They yep. have all this stuff now that wasn't available to us when we went to high school. Yep. And it's, uh, they've got bass 
<laughs> bass, oh, yeah. bass teams, bass fishing oh, yeah. teams. You can get a scholarship. Where was that at? When U- I was UT here. had archery, but it was just a bunch of like hood kids flinging arrows out into the <laughs> baseball field. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jared Schiffler. Riverdale, Riverdale had bass fishing, and then I had to actually go to Geneseo for FFA. We didn't have FFA. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, FFA does uh, during the fall and like closer to the winter months. They do archery uh, competitions and then uh, trap shooting competitions yep. as part of as like a CDE, which is like a career development event. Uh, that's what we do. Like all of our competitions in FFA are called CDEs, uh, okay. and it's a big part of FFA is the career development events because that's where you can get to go to like state convention or win state awards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's cool now that you you can get a scholarship for bass fishing and that is skate cool, shooting yeah. and archery. It it's it's cool. so cool get the like opportunity a, that get these like kids a full have. ride to Western for bass fishing. Yeah, see yeah. that is so the opportunity. It's crazy. You would think just in general, you think that opportunity wouldn't be there. Going like the further we get along, you see shit on the internet, but it's like in the in farm and small rural communities. Like that's becoming more of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Outdoor things are actually creating opportunity which mm-hmm. is cool it's refreshing but i feel like it doesn't mean we should slack off the throttle no, like we need I to agree. keep full like why it's, it's there full speed ahead it should have never went away no nope. dude because right. you, you know at ut we didn't we had an ffa but it was for marijuana crop no. right <laughs> <laughs> lots of interest in that one yeah. <laughs> right, right everyone's signing up for that class that, right that, stuff in the ditch. that was an after school <laughs> program that they offered <laughs> fun fact <laughs> Is in your buddy's basement. Yeah, yeah. You had to go to the water town, is what we call it. <laughs> Who was the president of that one? Not me. <laughs> it was not me. Oh, Some God. guy with an Escalade in high school. Oh, like, man, how do you got Spinners. monitors in your headrest, man? <laughs> Pet my ride. Was cool. You you got twenty twos. Yeah. I'm like, how are you doing this? You didn't have a job, man. <laughs> That's I'm my self-employed man. I, I should have went to a different high school. Yeah, I would have been a much better kid, but I made I made it out. No, you would have been who you were. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? You're good, dude. Hey, <laughs> you're good, dude. I shredded up. We hung good. out together in high school. Yeah, see, I separated from I. I don't. I'm glad I went to the high school I went to. To be honest, yeah. Learned, learned a lot. Here I am. Look Shit, at me. You would have went to Riverdale and would have been. You would have hated that. We all would have dated the same chicks. Yeah, That's seriously, what, we all did. <laughs> I know. That's the only reason why I'm glad I didn't go to a small high school. It's like, you talk to them, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, what's her name? Oh, I yeah. dated her last everybody month, Everybody knows dude. her. Yeah, everybody knows her. Um, but that is cool, man, like, that you kind of have that opportunity in your schools and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, like, you're 17, and you're that interested in all these sorts of things. I just, it seems like a rarity, but maybe it's not. Um that's why I asked that question, you know, do you feel like you're kind of the only kid that's into the things you're into? But clearly not if there's, like, a club. Oh, yeah, yeah. FFA is definitely a big place where hunters go. Uh, a lot of the kids complete in the uh, trap shooting and archery shooting, uh, CDE. Uh, one of my biggest mentors in FFA and, like, uh, role models is uh, Gage Miller. I don't know if you've heard of him. He has a YouTube channel called – it's Team Vital – um, he's one of my biggest mentors, whether it comes to FFA, uh, or wildlife production and management, because he was, uh, he did wildlife production and management, uh, record book before I did. Uh huh. That's team and, vital on YouTube. I believe so. Okay. Um, but he, uh, did it before me and he w- made it nationally with that. Uh, and then this year, uh, I was finally able to place with my wildlife production and management book. 
uh, and I won at the state level, and I'm going – I just filled out and turned in my application to go nationally with it. Uh, Very cool, awesome. man. That Congratulations awesome. on thank that. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. Man, you're killing it, man. Your, your old man's got to be proud. That's pretty cool. I'm looking up Team Vital on YouTube. <laughs> he ain't going to be an old John Deere worker, is he? Does that look like it? Uh, Cameron right behind you there? God, I hope not. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's in the top corner of that one video right there with the green sweatshirt on. Okay, so this is his uh... team vital. Oh, these are local guys, huh? Yep, yep. A lot of them. Uh, one of them goes to well, did go to Alwood. He just graduated this last year. Uh, Gage went to Cambridge, and he graduated. Oh, what year was that? Two years ago. Two years ago, and uh, he was he was uh he just young pups. Yep, he uh, served as state president of the Illinois FFA Association, uh, twenty nineteen twenty twenty. And he's been one of the uh, biggest role models that I aspire to when it comes to the FFA. Um, I got to meet with him and talk with him at Greenhand Orientation uh, my freshman year, and I was super excited, super pumped. Uh, and ever since then, I've been aspiring to get to where he has within his FFA career. Very cool. Very cool. No kidding. I got one of their videos planned. That's awesome. I didn't know. I'd never heard of these guys, and they're local to us. It's so awesome that these kids have these opportunities now to get into this kind of shit. How old is he? Uh, 19? He'd be 20? 20, 19, 20. 20 this year, I think. Young 21. And then the other guy that's in the video is uh, Lucas Allhouse, and he's 18. That's a cool logo, too. Well, cool. All right. I didn't know about yep, these guys. Cool to see young guys in the sport, local yeah. guys especially. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I got their stuff played in the studio. That's cool, man. That makes me feel really good about it. I'm glad I asked you about all that because it's it's – the stuff that's right there that I just don't know about because it's not in my, like, it's just below my friend group as far as, like, the age gap. We're getting and old. Honestly, honestly, it's refreshing. It is yeah, refreshing. Yeah, we're all. getting old. We, we are. We need more of this. <laughs> we do. Yeah, absolutely. We do. Because when we're old and decrepit, it's just like, uh, and I'm not comparing this to juries for the record, but, like, I look up to Mark Drury. Yep. You know, he's I do too. the generation up. And mm-hmm. then it's like, then the gap that we're in, and then Cameron's gap that he's in just below us. Like, it's it goes in, like... Fifteen year gaps, is that fair? Yeah, I would say yeah, that's yeah. fair because your friends are going to vary, right? And yeah, they're right. kind of generational. You know, you know, ten years is not enough to be like the sixties. You know, seventies music bleeds into the eighties <laughs> a little bit, and eighties music bleeds into the nineties a little. Like it's probably fair like that. But um, Shad, what generation? Are you? You're a music man. I'm, I hear I am comp- comparing music here, but. How do you feel? Like, from your perspective, man, your kids are a little older. Do you feel hopeful for the next gen of, I mean, traditional bow hunting or hunting in general? We're kind of, we dove off traditional we topic know. for a minute, but that's okay. Yep. It's all right. Um, it's important to spotlight Cam, the, the next. Cam gives me hope for the future of traditional. Um, that's one thing I love about him. Um, it, and this isn't to toot Cam's, Cam's horn. Any, it's just, that's how I feel about the kid, right? Like, I, I don't see very many young people uh, unless I'm at a traditional exclusive bow shoot, right? Like at, you go to a traditional only bow shoot, you'll see everybody of every age shooting trad bows because that's what that shoot is. But I don't think that's like the future of it because most of those kids are shooting there just like my kids were when they were little because their parents are there shooting. Like we're dragging them along, right? Um, Cam is doing it because he just likes to shoot a bow and likes the challenge of that. And it's, it's different. So Cam and, and Cam's going to have influence on other people to try stuff. 
that's the stuff that gives me hope for the for the future of not just traditional bow hunting but bow hunting in general and uh like he embodies all that stuff and it's it's uh it's very special to see in, in someone of his age it reminds me of like of the of the people i grew up with bow hunting because i mean i've been in this shit i i think i started hunting in 19 well hold on let me see when i killed my i got my first buck right here on the wall 1988 was when I killed my first deer. <laughs> hey, I think we shot um, our first deer the same year. Shad, I thought you were so, like 30-something. No, <laughs> man, I'm no. a grandpa. He's a grandpa. <laughs> he, 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 dude, He's, you are a grandpa. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> when did you kill your first deer, Chandler? Lord? Uh, 97. Scotty? I just want to make you feel old for a second. No, 96. I, sorry. Sorry, I was... I was born in 92. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely not 96 no. uh, that'd be impressive mine was would be oh, impressive. mine was oh five i take oh, that four back. or five i was 89 i was in 89 i wasn't even born yet hey you killed a deer in the 80s yeah that's cool i killed my first deer in oh three or oh, oh, four. first deer or first buck first deer How old oh were shit you? 13 or 14 my first year is oh, no, was, oh, two. How old am I now? I'm 29. I'm 30. Might have been. I was born in 90. I'll be 31 in September. I've been born. like 12 or 13. Cam, how, how, when were you born? What year? Uh, 2003. Holy. F- that, yeah, I killed my. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I started bow hunting in 13. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Prime. I think. What? About then. So right, I no, no, like, no. 2003, I was 13. Yeah. Okay. See, I've confused that because I killed my first buck two years after bow hunting. This one in, in 2013, 2000. I was racing motocross still. So it definitely was no, no, no. Oh three. See, that's what I mean. I messed that up. Yeah. Oh three. I killed, I killed my, my first year when I was 12 right and about 02. the same time you did. Yeah, because I killed my first buck when I was 15 in 2005. That's right. I that that's I messed that up all the Which time. Buck, when did you kill uh, Houdini? Mary Houdini. 2010. That was 10? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think... I didn't shoot my first deer until I was, like, 10. Uh, you were I, 10 when yeah. you shot your first deer. Because I wasn't allowed to go out. Like, I was allowed to go sit with him, but I wasn't allowed to actually go out and shoot something until I was 10. And my first deer that I ever killed is one of my favorite stories to tell. Is it okay if I go through it or no? Yeah, of course. Okay. Do it. That's a, this yeah. is an open platform, sir. Shad, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> no, I want to hear his story. I know you my do. My story's a horse shit. I want to hear his. <laughs> I know, I know you do. So, uh, my first deer that I ever killed, we went to a buddy's property of my dad's um, up in Abingdon or outside of Abingdon, uh, and we had been sitting in this blind on the edge of this uh, food or food plot for about an hour and a half, two hours. It was getting close to dark, um, and I was I was pretty small. Like I'm not as like I'm I've grown a lot, but. Uh, like, I was pretty small and skinny back then, so I was getting cold, like, really fast. And so we got to the point where I was like, I am freezing. And then, like, my dad was like, well, let's just wait it out. We can see if anything comes out. We just got to make it until it starts getting darker. Because it was, it was getting dark at that point, but it wasn't dark enough to, like, get up and go yet. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll just sit through it. So about 10, minute, 10 15 minutes go by, and a whole bunch of does come out. And the... Property owner didn't want us to shoot anything but does. It was like late season. He was like, we need to clear out some of these does. I don't want any of the, the bucks getting taken out. 
And so uh, I finally had picked on – I picked up deer or a doe that I wanted to shoot, and I shot it. And when I shot it, I must have shot – I can't remember. Was I a little high or was I a little low? No, you 10-ringed her. Oh, I 10-ringed her? Okay. Yeah. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it, I shot her, 10-ringed her, and it ran off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't kill it. Well, not 20 yards away, it ran its head into a tree and, like, broke its neck and died instantly. <laughs> and so I was Brutal. like <laughs> I was like, Aggressive. "Oh." And so I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's it's just laying there." And my dad was like, "Ooh." And I was like, "Ah." What <laughs> noise going on? And dad didn't forget this story, did he? <laughs> no, I have not. That's one of the you know, all of my kids when they shoot deer, it's just those memories are burned in deer heads. Is that better than shooting a deer yourself? Yeah, oh, I I agree. Once both of they, you know, we sh- the kids have shot a lot of deer, but they haven't shot a very big deer. You know, we only yeah. shoot. We don't have big tracts of property to hunt, so yeah. you know, it's it's working class. It is working class, and you know, I I put a lot of time in and hours in and hours that they can't hunt when I shoot my big deer. But you know, when they get to get out and and shoot, you know, I let them shoot whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You know. They're starting to get older where they don't they don't really want to shoot deer that are, you know, smaller age class. They're starting, you know, sure. they, they want something to hang on the wall. But, you know, every deer that they shoot, it's, you know, it, it still brings tears to my eyes because, you know, it's it's what I'm pushing for. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, I can't even imagine knowing it's like like my daughter's. You know, two and a half. It, you're going to freak even. out. You will freak out. Yeah. I will be a big ball of mess. Yep. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you don't know how you're going to act, you know? And it's – it. even, you know, they've both got, you know, eight, nine deer under their belt. You know, it's still, it's still pretty awesome every time that they shoot a deer. Right. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cody's getting into that age, man. He's not too far out. I mean, he, he's still young. He but. hasn't shown a lot of interest in the deer hunting until recently, and now it's like when I watch something working-class bow hunter related or just hunting in general, he's like, I want to go hunt with you this fall, Dad. Yeah. So awesome. now it's like, all right, now we're going to well, have some it, fun. It's not that probably he wasn't interested. He just didn't understand. Well, he's know. only six. I yeah. mean, he's young. Right. He's just now starting to like understand a little bit of what yeah. what it is. Um, and that's the thing that always stands out to me because I remember being six years old and my dad wake up opening weekend of deer season and I had to see him go out and drive off because he was going deer hunting and I couldn't go with him Yep. until I was yeah. 12 where I could go with him and finally it was like, yes, I get to go this year. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting, man. It's, that, it's, a, it's a rite of passage that is it's kind of falling by the wayside. And I, I remember that. I remember the first time I got to go hunting with my grandfather, mm-hmm. you know. It was, I didn't even have, I just got to go sit in his permanent tree. Like that's everybody built tree stands, wooden tree stands back then. And I got to go sit in his tree stand with him. Yeah. Like I wasn't even hunting. I just got to go sit with him and it was the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh, like, I, I, mean, imagine. I, was, I, 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 and it, I can still hear him laugh at me that day. I, I, man, I couldn't have been eight years old, maybe nine years old. Cause I saw a deer and got so excited that I saw a deer that I screamed, Gramps, there's a buck out of the tree stand. <laughs> and, 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 you know, this is in the early 80s when if you saw, you know, half a dozen bucks a year, you had a, you had a great year. 
I mean, there just wasn't a lot of deer then. And he started laughing. He goes, there was a deer. You know, he's got his bow with him and shit. Yeah. And uh, it's it, it. I'll never forget that moment. And, and then the moment I finally got to carry a muzzleloader out to go hunting on opening day of firearm season with him. You know, you you never you don't forget that moment from the child's perspective, and you don't forget it, especially when you're an adult taking your child out or your grandchild. I mean, I can't wait till my grandkids get old enough to to take them out like I did with my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just take them out in the yeah. woods. Just show them stuff. Show, I mean, showing a little kid what deer poop is is the funniest stuff in the world. Cause they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? You know, that's it's, a good it's, point because my daughter just getting to the age where I can do that with her. Or, you know, it's like this year in the fall. Like, my goal is to kill a deer and take her with me on a blood trail so I can have her, like, you know, before she's too young. Now she can, like, walk around. You know what I mean? And I don't have to worry about her taking a thorn to the eye. As I still do have to worry about it, but not as bad. Yeah, right. But, like, that that little stuff that we – oh, yeah, that's deer poop. That's a scrape. Yeah, we know what all that is. Like, we, we move we, – we acknowledge it, but we move through it. That's deer poop. Don't eat it. But and, and <laughs> not raisins. Yeah, don't eat this. Not raisins. They're not black grapes. Don't don't do that. But and, you know, and we kind of dove off the traditional thing here. But I feel that it really it, it all it's all encompasses it, it though. That's part yeah. of it. Exactly. Like you know, and that's what I was going to get to. It's it. It's part of the basics of it. It's part of like the wholesome vibe. It's going back oh, to your roots. It's going back to oh, the yeah. roots. It's what we do. It's what makes us. Uh, a community really i mean it's, it builds us up as people and that's we say this i don't know how many times we said this in the whole library of working class bow hunter the best people in the world are bow hunters that's right mm-hmm. because one i think number one in life is you have to be passionate about something and then when people share a common passion in our community we all kind of have a different respect for each other now don't, don't get me wrong there's a bunch of shitheads oh, that yeah. can be in the industry but but Never mind them, because there's less of them than there are more of awesome, great people, and that's why we've all be like became such good friends inside mm-hmm. this community. And um, that's because of bow hunting, because mm-hmm. of bow hunting, like if I would, if I didn't have bow hunting, I might have friends as an adult, but I wouldn't have as many and as many close friends as an adult. And and not only that, the range of age of friends from like Cam, like. You bringing up some of your buddies makes me want to reach out to them to get them in here and talk to them on the podcast and stuff. So, you know, I might have buddies that are 17 to 60, 70 that I consider friends and mentors. And, you know what I mean? I can look up to people, even if they're younger than me in different ways, you know, and and appreciate what they're doing, respect them in different ways. It's a real, actually really beautiful thing. Well, that's the cool thing about archery and bow hunting too, is it's a sport that you can grow with. It's like, I was just talking with my mom about this a couple days ago. I literally got lucky enough to pick a sport at the age of 13 that I could do until I'm 90 if I want to. I mean, not not many people get that opportunity to grow with something that they truly enjoy. But how many people can actually say like, uh, well, just use our crew as an example, like the, the core podcast crew, the five of us. When you leave, the Lord leaves his house and uh, or his kingdom, if you will, and uh, <laughs> his, pa- his palace, <laughs> your palace. And and you tell uh, you say, uh, "Hey, Daddy's leaving. I'm going with the boys." Like she knows we're not we're not causing mischief. Like you're truly coming with your buddies to talk about hunting. How many people can be like? I mean, don't get me wrong. I know golf is fun. A lot of people golf, but if you're like, "Hey, honey, I'm going golfing with the boys." I mean, don't get me wrong. We drink, but you're coming back I'm going late, to get hammered. and you're just going, and you're talking about whatever you're doing, whatever. Well, I don't no, know. We're like, hey, we're going to 
do the podcast. It's not like, hey, we're going to the tavern to talk about bow hunting. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to watch football with the boys. Right. Like, hey, guys, want to interrupt the podcast because everybody's taking a pee break or doing their thing. You know, whatever it is. Uh, the podcast is also presented by HHA Sports, and we have a code WCB15 if you've been wanting to get into a single pin site, a drop away rest, or a new stabilizer setup. Um, I think everybody in the studio is rocking an HHA. Um, I love them. We've loved them. Shot them for a while. We think you should check them out. Hey, while you're there, buy all three. Just do it. Spend your money. You get a code (laughs) WCB15. It's not that bad. Save you some money. They're guaranteed forever. Just do it. Do it. The podcast is also brought to you by Victory Archery. I am pretty faithful to my rip TKOs. I, I love them. I'm married to them, I think. Well, since we're on a trad episode, I'm shooting the Carbon Trad 450s. Mm. Beautiful arrow. They look great in the in the longbow. And do they look like wood? They yeah. do. Yeah, they look like, like wood. Wood uh, wrap on them. Yeah, feathers and fly like darts. Hit hard. Great mm. hunting arrow. That's what I set up. I got a recurve, so yep. I set up some 450s also for mine. There you go. No good. Like good. It's a great hunting setup. Yep. Yeah, we don't talk about that arrow setup often, so I'm glad we got to touch on that. Good good looking out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Huntworth, newer partner of ours. Really loving the Huntworth gear. A lot of awesome stuff coming down the line with Huntworth. Um, just new merch coming out that we probably can't talk about right now, but uh, we use it in our bear hunt. Austin, you and Ross are going to use it on the moose hunt coming up. Yep. Um, it's good stuff. There's more stuff on the way. where We've been testing it out. Really love it. High quality patterns, high quality material um, for a good price that doesn't feel like it's at a good price. Hey, like, it's well worth the money. Ooh, Ooh, see what, see what you did there. You gotta be like, you're not hunting for a good hunt worth. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Fuck me, right? Um, check out Huntworth. They're known for their gloves. You can pretty much get their gloves anywhere and yep. any like farm imp- implement store. Farm store has them. Like Farm King carries it, Farm and Fleet carries it. Um, so if you have one of those in your area, check it out for Huntworth, try some stuff on, um, and just know there's more stuff coming down the line, uh, from Huntworth, um, slick trick broadheads. I think I'm going to rock the Raptor tricks again this year. I might try the new hybrid head, but I, I think I just like my Raptor tricks. I just, like I love the Raptor tricks, but I'm the, I'm that guy that likes to try new shit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the assailants. There you go. That's what I'm doing. Assailants. Yep. And the SS three is a badass little head too. Yep. It looks very cool. Super durable, small yep. little head. It's, it's gnarly looking. I like the Viper tricks a lot because you get like the durability of a fixed blade. Mm-hmm. And I shot, I've killed a lot of deer with those and they just seem bulletproof. Like I like just the, the thought of like the security of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you hit a deer a little forward. You're like, okay, solid. solid That's what I think I like about the assailant is that it's got that, that bleeder blade, you know, so it's kind of the hybrid. It's got the blade that's already out. And then yeah. that other best blade. of both worlds. Yep. See, I, I might, I haven't decided what I'm shooting for Wyoming mule deer. I think I'm gonna stick with my slick tricks. My uh, rapper tricks. You're slick. You're gonna shoot slick tricks for your. Listen, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're shooting slick tricks. That's good. Raptor tricks. <laughs> no, I've, one of the gnarliest blood trails I've ever seen was due to a raptor trick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had some gnarly ones. I shot that ten year old doe with the raptor trick, and it like it was unreal. There was a little bit of snow. Like it was late season. You know, there's like patches of snow, and it was just like this is the sound effect that I would apply to this blood trail. Does that make sense? Yep. See, I need to do it again. One more time. One more time. <laughs> That's a okay, sound. okay, we got it now. Yeah. We got it now. That's what the blood did. That was three different sounds. Out both sides. Well, I can picture it. Red carpet. Yeah. 
Well, just like Mark Rice's blood trail that we the video oh, we uploaded. Yeah. <laughs> His deer ran down a service road. Yeah, yeah when your nuts. deer crosses the road and people are driving by and see the blood trail as they're driving over it, that's impressive. I yeah. picture like a forty-four-year-old Karen just going for a jog in a sports bra and just like hitting that and being like laying on the road and screaming, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, turning around and going back home. <laughs> Something her, bad happened to right stay here. Inside. Calling the cops. I'm calling the police. The <laughs> nicest little four foot eight human being walking out of the woods following it. <laughs> hey, sorry. Sorry about the blood on the road. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Why me? Mark's really not four foot eight. I don't know how tall he is. Shooting crossbow bolts though. out of a compound. <laughs> yeah. What about me? What about me? I got short arms. <laughs> I, got short I didn't arms. take this fucking soundboard away from me, you know? It's just not good. That's you the best just, ad ever. I just hold my hand over it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just don't let me. We just put duct- every time I'd smack your hand. We just need to put duct tape over this one, you know? Um, right on. Anyway, there it is. Mineral, back to the episode. We're idiots. Thank you for being here. It, yeah. It's a little different because extremely tight knit community. Tight knit. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. And, None of us know, would be sitting here if it wasn't for archery. Right. Exactly. Right. That's a good point. Seriously. Yeah. Coolest people on earth. Like I went to Kurt because yeah. we started drinking PBR and we were both wearing camo. Like we got talking <laughs> yeah. about deer hunting. What connected us? Like you're you're a deer hunter. Let's chat. Yeah. And then we became buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then next thing you know, here we are, six and a half years later. Right. But that's the cool thing about it, and I think that's it's the deeper dive is where traditional archery is. It's like, man, I like this. I like the people in this. I want to go deeper into my passion. I think that's where traditional archery, I think, lays a little bit in everybody mm-hmm. because everybody thinks about it. Once you get really into archery, like I think about it. I think oh, yeah. about it it's often. It's in the back of my mind all the time. Everybody can appreciate that truest form of the sport, like where the sport was born. I think everybody yeah. has an interest and a respect for that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of like oh, yeah. Kurt. Like I love taking out the yard and messing around, shooting the target and getting used to it, but I'm just not ready to take it to the stand yet. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's not that I don't – I respect the shit out of it, and I know you oh, do too, yeah. Eric. But it's – uh. I love my elite, and I know you guys love your elites, too, that have them. Um, there's certain things in archery I want to do. like, And when I say what I mean, like, let me elaborate on that a little bit. I want to kill a good muley. I want to kill an elk. I want to do these certain things with a compound. And it's not that I feel like a compound's easier than traditional equipment, but if I'm going to commit to traditional, I want to commit to it. Yeah. Whereas, so you just have like, priorities right now that you want to – you have priorities that are higher than traditional right now. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, maybe in 10 years I might say, okay, I've done this. I've done this. Now this really interests me. I want to kind of go after this and kind of reset some goals or try and do different things. I mean, Um, from where I'm at, you know, I was looking for something to, to like Scott, he said to reignite it. You know, I've, I've killed a lot of deer. I've killed a lot of big deer. I'm not bragging, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, I've, it's you get you get to a point where. By the way, career, you Scotty and Shad and of course all of us are all Team WCB members, and yeah, the the reasons why we're having this conversation is how humble and down to earth everybody is. That's why you guys are on the team. I mean, I'm not like I said. I'm not bragging. I've shot a 200 inch deer. I've shot a one hundred a one ninety. I've I've done a lot of things with my compound that that have got me to where I am today and now I would I would like more than anything to just step it up for me, you know, more of a challenge, more you know, I don't want to be that token trad guy that, you know, oh yeah, I've shot everything, you know, I don't need to do prove myself anymore. This to me is like is 
rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. It's more mm-hmm. more. It, it's it's really hard to explain what doing this, you know, shooting every night with a with a stick and a, a string has has done. You know, I love to go out and shoot again. I love to go. You know, I I got to where I was only shooting. You know, once or twice a month with my compound. Right now. I shoot as much as I can, mm-hmm. right? Because Every night. because I'm humbled because it, like I, you say, kind of rekindles that fire. It does, yeah. you know. It's it's extremely hard to be accurate with, you know, yeah. such primitive equipment, and you know, it's what I what I like about it is it it, it brought me back to wanting to shoot again mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. Like, uh, well, this year I. Finally, did a trip to out west, Westy, South Dakota. Um, I'm mule deer hunting with a longbow. I, why not? Why I not? mean, I'm I'm into it. Why not go do it? Yep. But it's yeah. I got I bought a couple other compounds like during this whole process of shooting. <laughs> a couple. And, yeah, a couple. And <laughs> today or yesterday or what? Yeah, a couple days ago. But, I think, I think Scotty and I have a competition to see who goes through more damn bows in a short amount of time. I was going to say, oh, Shad, you're the difference out. is, Shad, you keep yours, though. He yeah. just he just sells his not, and buys another one. Not my not my compounds. I, know, yeah. I, 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 bet I, I bet I went through a dozen compounds in the last three years. I bought a new V3 two weeks ago, and I sold it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought one last weekend. Wasn't my thing. <laughs> Scotty's like that guy. Everyone's got that buddy that that's owned like forty eight vehicles. The Wheeler yeah. dealer. Yeah. He's like that with with yeah. archery equipment. But it, yeah, with traditional archery, like getting into it this year, like I never had the drive to go plan a trip to go out west. Now I'm like, I want. I see Jared Scheffler do it. See him get. 13 feet from deer <laughs> on his videos. It's like, why can't I do that? Yep. You I mean, can. That's, that's the only way to get into it, man. Dip like, your toes in. Well, I'm going to go do there, it now. There like, not you know? an, there's not an animal out there that I don't know somebody who hasn't taken that animal with the traditional bow. Mm-hmm. They can all be done, right? But it, 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 the traditional versus compound thing isn't important. It's, it's kind of like, you know, what Kurt was talking about. What, I want to do some stuff this way first. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. That's just a weapon, man. Like it doesn't matter. It's just a fucking weapon. Yeah. What comes from your soul? That's the important part, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. be it a muzzleloader or a compound bow or a traditional bow. Yeah, when you go matter. out there and it's from your soul, mm-hmm. the rest of it's just a tool. So, <laughs> it, 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 none of that stuff matters. You just br- bust another bottle cap off yeah. the table. <laughs> I didn't know Shad, I was an expert. Shad is on the most heartfelt, sincere moment of the whole podcast and Kurt's just blasting off bottle caps. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm no, not, don't mind me. I'm just going to get a drink real quick. He knew that sound. That's a, I'm sorry. The sound is so good. The sound's so good that They're I just... I like to know. That's a, yeah. It was almost like a bottle of champagne getting uncorked right there. It was like delayed, delayed reaction. It almost, took it, it almost took his eye out. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> Sorry, Chef. No, you're fine. He had the whole wind up and everything. He did like the one, two, three on it. Should have never taught him that move. 
I'm sorry, Seth. <laughs> the next time I'm the next time I'm in studio for a podcast, all I want to do is just open the beer bottles for you guys that way. Well, here's right. the thing. You just give them to me. I'm just going to pop them off. Yeah. This is one of our last podcasts with this old table, and we're getting our new one, so we're just like not giving a fuck opening beer bottles, just destroying it. it. Might as well. Might as well. Character sorry, I feel really bad about it, but it was too just funny. Just to hold Shad, Shad, you just got to wait until he's in the middle of giving some awesome speech and be like, "Oh, I'm going to open this real quick." Yeah. Just I'm just, I'm just going to go piss and, and stay on the phone while I'm peeing. No, it's like that guy in Walmart that goes up to the to the phone over the intercom and farts in it and then hangs it back up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. I feel bad about this. No, you're also. fine. You're fine. Uh, I don't even know. What, no, what, oh, yeah, we were talking about, about the soul like, of it. it doing certain, like, I'm accomplishments Kurt, and Kurt stuff. Is, yeah, Kurt's, Kurt is a moment ruiner, so it doesn't Way matter. Way to go, Kurt. Listen, it's better that it was funny than rather it being annoying, which for listeners are probably like, man, God damn it, Kurt. But for anyway, sure. sorry, Chad. I, Compound. I no, you're fine. You're fine. Scotty, you want uh, a bush apples over there? See, that's where we're going. You have one left? Yeah. Just one. No, Chad, no. I do apologize, There's but I am glad that was funnier here in the yep. studio than it was okay. uh, annoying. Um, we missed you, buddy. <laughs> you know, we, we wish you were here. I, I wish I was there, too. I'll be, I'll be out there again soon. I mean, we'll we'll have hangs soon. Um, you know, it's li- life happens. And yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, yep. it, you know, we'll, we'll take it to traditional, right? Like, uh, hell, so you guys were talking, you know, we were talking about the, the deer at eight yards. Uh, in January, you guys have watched me shoot. Like it's, I don't, I, I don't, I, I try not to like say I'm this great shot or anything, but I can shoot, I can shoot a traditional bow. I've been doing oh, it for yeah. a long time. Yep. I, uh, I missed a, a broadside. Didn't know I was there doe at probably 10 or 12 yards last fall with gramps. Um, a, a bow that I don't fucking miss with. And just sat there and laughed hysterically after I missed this deer. He got you back for yelling deer. What else can you do? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what else can you do? Like, yeah. you miss. It's, yeah. But, it's, you know, that goes back to I you'll never have more thing, fun though. missing. Well, it's so when I, when I first bought a compound a few years back, I was like, you know, I bought it in September and I was having fun shooting. I was like, fuck, I'm going to take this thing out and try to hunt with it. I haven't hunted with a compound since the early 90s. And I missed a doe with it at like 15 yards. Um, and just like, I started laughing and I text Joe and I go, well, I guess I can miss deer with these things. Just like I can a longbow. And, uh, <laughs> cause it's just funny to me. Like if I miss clean, it's hilarious to me. If, if I, if I, you know, of course, if you don't miss, you have a bad hit. That's not funny at all. No. But when you miss clean, it's just, it's just, to me, it's just funny. Because mm-hmm. it's it's also the same thing like a chipmunk will run across and I'll roll the damn thing at twenty two yards, but I can't hit a deer suddenly at at ten feet. <laughs> right. it, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but it, it's it still happens. And I just, I mean, I can't remember the last time I missed something with Gramps, and to just to miss it wide open, not knowing I'm there. You know, I'm on the ground. It's exactly, and, well, uh, and you're you're laughing too because not. I mean, it's funny because you look back at what it took to get that shot. Mm-hmm. So not to take anything away from archery hunting, like with a compound, I mean, it's still tough to get that shot. But when you look at what it takes to get that shot with traditional equipment, you're talking within less than 20, probably less within 15 for a lot of ethical traditional mm-hmm. hunters. I mean, 
broadside or quartering away unalert like everything has to be perfect that's not you don't get that shot in the timber every day like it takes days weeks a month i mean it takes a long time to get that opportunity and then when you whiff on it all you can do is laugh (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 fun it's it's like yeah like i said you know it's exactly why we do it yeah Yeah. yep it is i think that first go ahead chad no, I'm just it, it and and when you do get like I mean sometimes that you get them too close. I hell I killed a I was telling Kurt about this. I killed a deer on St. Hubert's Day, uh huh? November third, from three yards. I was on the ground at three yards. Chad, you're gonna break down St. Hubert's Day. What? St. Hubert's Day? So Saint Hubert, have you guys have you seen the, the, the picture on a bottle of Jägermeister? Yes. Just yes. Tag with the cross let, on let, it. let me pause oh, you right there, Shed. Oh, now we know. Shed. Okay. Let me break yeah. this down. So the the thing with when we got the studio is everyone was uh, we we have a whiskey bar or a bar, or it's the green room. If you ask people on this podcast, if you're here, it's the bar. But if, being professional, it's a green room. People were giving us bottles of whiskey, which is fantastic. Keep sending us whiskey, please. <laughs> um, so more we need more. Shed being the. <laughs> Uh, passionate, deeper guy that he is gets a bottle of Jägermeister and like gifts me this bottle of Jaeger and gives me the breakdown of this. So this is where you come back in Chad and, and fill us in there because it, I was stoked about it. I always like roughly knew the story, but didn't know the story. All I know okay. is black licorice. <laughs> and there's deer blood in it. What? So, you always hear that. You ever hear that in Jaeger? There's no. deer blood in it. No, I have not. I don't think that's true. Stag blood. That's that was the the thing, but I don't know if there actually is. But be pretty cool if it was. There's not. <laughs> not. They always said that though. That's what I always heard. So that that emblem off the Jägermeister bottle come from um, the Catholic patron Saint Saint Hubert, which Saint Hubert was a. Well, I can I'll, I can just read you the description of what this is. Um, he. Uh, he was a uh, a heathen bow hunter who died in the year 727. Uh, he had been exposed in vain to Christianity. However, he was on a hunt one good Friday in the forest when a stag appeared to him with a apparition of a shining crucifix between his antlers. At the same time, he heard a warning voice, uh, which is basically, you know, the, come to God or, 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 you know, deal with it, the consequences. <laughs> so anyways, Long story short, uh, St. Hubert's Day is traditionally celebrated on November 3rd, and he's the patron saint of archers and bow hunters. Well, my grandfather carried a St. Hubert's medallion with him all the time, anytime he was in the woods. And uh, it's the emblem is that emblem off of the Jägermeister bottle. And so a tradition, a longstanding tradition, anytime anybody had an archery kill, we drank from that bottle. And we only drank from that one bottle during an archery kill. It's like a kill bottle, right? We had everybody had a drink of it. We'd seal it up, and that some bitch may take eight years to finish, but <laughs> that's what we did. And so that's why I brought the bottle of Jägermeister there uh, for for the studio because you know that's that stuff means a lot to me. I actually have the last bottle that my gramps and I shared in in my garage on his like memorial table that I have in here. It's awesome. So I yeah. can get behind uh, that. Yeah, yeah, with that story, I think that should be the official kill bottle. It is. We've it's been a, discussing yeah. which bottle it's got to be. I think that's it. It is. It's in the freezer, chilled up for this fall. Yep. And I think we'll just keep it in the freezer. 
Yep, till we kill. And then every time I'm, someone kills, we'll do a shot. One one fifty trad kill. Mm. I like that. Well, it's going to take well, a decade I mean, to, it's to it's drain take, it, right? Austin will have that done by October the seventh. So then, when you guys are I'm do drinking it. it by myself. It's <laughs> my bottle. <laughs> yeah, if, if you kill one fifty with traditional equipment, you got to chug the bottle. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. You got a shotgun, Jaeger. I'm going for that 17-inch spike, and then I'll, that's breaking sobriety. I'm, I'm going to hit the bottle. Hey, if you want to come to Illinois, I got one of those for you. I got Man, one don't, don't tempt me with a good time because all those deer that you guys are like, I kind of want to kill a bigger deer. I'm like, send them to Grandpa Shad because uh, I don't like dragging big deer out of the woods anymore. I'm fucking old. And give me enough antler to hang on to to get it out. Give and me I'm, a handle I'm, I'm, and let's go. Yeah. That's right. I'm I don't care about taxidermy bills anymore, and and I don't like dragging big shit out of the woods. So, uh, <laughs> that's what we love about you, Shad. Hey, this this might be this is what you would call incredibly jumping around. Yes, but yeah. I, I want it. Yeah. But you know, whatever, right? Like we're kind of we're having free, fun. We're in a free fall. We're having a good it's time. Sporadic. Um We were talking earlier about aiming, and Dana broke down how he mm-hmm. aims, and then the Lord broke down how he aims. How do you aim, Shad? Uh, I, I don't, I don't follow any kind of orthodox aiming pattern. Um, I've actually tried to go to gap shooting like, like Dana and, and Austin use, but I don't, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I shoot split fingered and I guess it's, I guess it's instinctive. I just stare, I, I pick a spot and I just burn a hole through it. And through, through count, yeah, through countless hours of practice and muscle memory, everything aims as I'm staring at that and I draw. And as soon as my, as soon as my top, my pointer finger hits the corner of my mouth, like as soon as it, I mean, the instant it locks into that anchor point, that arrow is gone. And it, for whatever reason, that just, that just works for me. When, when, like the first time I came out to the, the, the first WCB shoot I came to, and I hit that mule deer across the pond, like I killed that mule deer, like sixty some yards. Or I whatever still remember it, it. Yeah, I mm. there was not one part of me that like was gap shooting. I was just, I, I don't know. I've just shot far for you know doing that shit for so long. The body just kind of knows, for me, what to do. Um, it doesn't make any kind of sense because I can't teach it. It's just, it's, it's instinctive. You know, a, a lot of hours as a young kid. You know, in my late teens, Behind just the shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. And I mean, I, I, I spent years just shooting over and over and over and over. And that's, you know, it's it's the baseball pitcher who can throw a, a, a curveball and hit that exact spot every time. You know, he's not aiming. He just knows what his body knows what to do. It's the guy throwing darts and can hit bullseyes. It just knows what to do. Yeah, and to me, it's the, it's the same thing. So... And, and that's the weirdest part about when I started shooting a compound again is all this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense to me. So it's hard. <laughs> like when I'm, when I'm looking at a bubble and, and you know, the, the looking at the pin and trying not to punch a release and all like none of this stuff is easy for me to do. It's easy for me to pick up a stick bow, look at where I want to shoot and make the arrow go there. Right. This stuff is hard. So, <laughs> right. you know, the, 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 I'm on the, the opposite side of the spectrum, but in the same world that those guys are starting their traditional journey. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's all relative, but that's, that's just how I shoot. And I can't, 
I can't ever teach it. And I actually, whenever I talk to new people shooting, coming from a compound, I always recommend shooting three under and learning how to gap shoot because that's familiar to them. They're used to looking at a sight pin. Yep, that's They're used to having a point of reference. Good, good place into. to start. Yeah, because yeah. I remember we were at the McDaniels last year, and you brought your trad bow down with you, Shad, and I was shooting, and I was doing one over, two under or whatever, and you're like, hey, try three under, and that helped me tremendously, and I don't know shit about fuck. But. <laughs> you know, mo- most of us guys <laughs> that, that came from the compound background, we – we are used to using a point of reference to aim. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're not used to burning a hole through a target. We're not used to 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 pull back, hit your anger point, and just let go. You know, we, we need something to aim at, and it helps tremendously, you know, whether it's gap shooting or walking the string. Right. Or, uh, That's another aiming style, by the way. Yeah. Walking mm-hmm. the string. Walk the string. Yep. Uh, there's fixed there's fix fix crawl. crawl. There's uh, the... When you go off your face, yep. Uh, what what do they call that? You have the walking the string and then walking the face. I think they call yep. it. So you yeah. anchor off. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, hold on, you guys are on. way so, above so, my pay grade here. Can, can we stop for a second? So I, Shad, I don't. I have. Yeah. For the record, I have minimal traditional experience, mm-hmm. but I have dabbled. <laughs> the way okay. that I have shot is the way you describe Shad. I'm like the baseball throw yep. the baseball type guy. Am I good at it? No. Do I have fun with it? Yes. So I understand that a little more because that's all I've done, and I shoot one over, two under with that. I don't know yep. if that's right or wrong. Yep. That's Split just, finger. That's just what I have done. I've you got to talk about. I've kind of dabbled in all of it and just trying to find my niche. Right. And I feel like like the fixed crawl would definitely not be a hunting scenario type. Deal because what's the know, crawl thing? Yeah, I don't you get that. Explain, you get break like, that down. Yeah, you got walking the string. I need to know. We're a bunch means. of wage brains here, you know. <laughs> yeah, Scotty, you've experimented <laughs> with this too. I really haven't, but yeah, you ba- basically. What are you talking about? Walking the string? Yeah, you, no, basically you, where you hold on the string. It is walking the string, but it's you move your finger up and down the string depending on how far the target is from the knock. Whoa! So you anchor. You put your finger on the string and pull back and anchor at the same point on your face, but just on a different place on the bowstring. Yeah. Ooh, I don't de- like that. Depending on the yardage, it's supposed to be you an accurate like way to shoot for target archery. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're shooting. You target, watch Olymp- you watch Olympic yeah. archers and the way they anchor. Yep. Yeah, you oh, see. Really? Uh, have uh, which you get like into notches. tiller tuning and uh, uh, like tiller. What do we get tiller. about? Like, well, you could. Tiller, yeah, Tiller's another it's subject. Like an ILF yeah. Dep- Depending can, on where yeah. you... Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're good. Hey, hey, time uh, to fuck let me, out. Let me just interject here. Let me interject and say one thing here. It's cool if you have a buddy that's really into it, like Shad. If you don't get the book, Shooting the Stick Bow. That's what I learned with. Like, I called Shad for basic questions, and I felt so guilty that I was calling him every other day. (laughs) Me too. The the book is a Bible. Shooting the stick bow, it is so detailed. You can literally pick that thing up and grab a bow and an arrow and learn how to shoot that thing with that book. That and... uh, Well, Which, besides, by the way, oh. nobody should feel guilty about calling me and talking, <laughs> calling to me and talking to me about this stuff because I can talk about it to anybody all day long. And Any I've time had people of day. that I don't know. Yeah, I have no. I have people I have no clue who they are, who's listening to me on the podcast and will message me on Facebook or message me on Instagram or whatever. And they're like, hey, man, I know put your phone number on the podcast. Don't, 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 please, please don't, don't. Just let them message uh, you on don't. social media. Don't put your phone yeah. number. <laughs> 
So, but, you know, and they'll call and talk to me, ask me quick. And I'm not an expert at this by no means, but I can usually steer a person in the ballpark area of like the yep. information they're looking for. You and if they're looking for modern, if they're looking for like a different style that I'm not really familiar with, like I will direct them in the area like, here, this is where you go get this information from. I'm not proficient mm-hmm. at it, but I can. You know, I can help you get there. And, I, you know, I reference a lot of people to go to the push The push guys. Are like, yes. yep. Excellent. They're That's how I learned the fix crawl. Excellent source. Shout out to the push guys. Yeah. They sent us some of those. Hey, Matt Terenzak. <laughs> I don't know how you say his last name. We need to get them guys and in here. Tim Nabel. Nabel. Yeah. Yep. Shout Nabel. out to Tim. He but sent us some of them hit packs. Yep. They're awesome. Badass. The, the I watched their video. Are, That's how I figured doing. out my fix crawl, how to shoot a fix crawl. Um, and then learning about crawling the string. Yeah, get them guys in here. How it, you know, shooting a fixed crawl, like, for for an aiming. What's a fixed crawl? So, like, I set, like, I shot a fixed crawl, so it's another knocking point that I set lower on the string. what you do after that night of drinking all the Jaeger Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I think I've been there before. Yeah, ours is more of a fluid crawl. crawl. But it's a a point on the string below the knocking point that, so... I shoot a uh, 25 yard fixed crawl. I'd tie a knocking point onto the string. I'd slide my hand up to it, pull back below 25 your arrow yard knocking point. Yeah, below the arrow. So you're say here's your arrow. Like here's where you're grabbing on the string. So you could be turn your hand. Like so that. you could be two inches underneath where yeah. your arrow's knocked. But at point on range, 25 yards, your point on is where you're gonna hit 25 yard fixed crawl. Anything like 30 yards, I'd aim uh, a little over, yeah, six inches higher. Get Anything closer, start, closer start going lower. It's kind of like a Whoa. split vision. Okay, hold on, Dude, Dude, yeah, I'm telling you thing. guys Whoa. between tu- between <laughs> tuning and aiming. Literally two different podcasts right there. If you yeah. really want to deep dive, hundred percent. Yeah, like I'm just in my backyard, willy nilly shooting this thing like an idiot. <laughs> when you dive <laughs> into it, dude, it will blow your mind oh, how many is. things are. But to you got to gotta try it all before you figure out what your niche is. I right. did. I started with instinctive, and it worked somewhat. And then I did close a, range. Yeah, for me, it was close range. And then That's I did a fixed crawl, yep. and now I shoot straight gap. Okay, hold on. When when you say fixed crawl, all the time you're shooting at that lower knock point. No. Yes. Well, I yeah. would anchor yep. to that lower knock point, and anything over 25 yards to a, a you know a, a range that you're good to shoot to that you feel comfortable with. Well, say 30 yards of six inches above where I'd I'd take the tip of my arrow, go six inches above where I'd hit at 25 yards, and usually I'd put it into where I want it. Yep. Sure. So, but. Yeah, you're using the the tip of the arrow as an, an aiming point, but yeah. you're just basically you're moving your fingers down the string and leaving them in one location. Okay, yeah. so if it's twenty yards and closer, you're still anchored there below your arrow that far. Yeah, yeah. you just aim lower or higher depending the on the yardage from where your crawl position's at. Yeah, and aim okay. like. Oh, three I figured you, you're moving like your fingers, so like your. So that so that is a different that's a different style of shooting as you can do that too and that there's a what is it a face crawl and then another where you notch your tab yeah you you know you notch on your tab where (laughs) you would actually (laughs) chat's just laughing (laughs) your tab is what your it's like your release yeah so you can either use so they make tabs with notches on them that you can so. You take your hand against a string like this. Okay, you're putting your hand out flat. Yeah, trying to... my thumb. So you're wearing a tab on your middle, your pointer finger. 
you go, oh, I need to shoot uh, 10 yards. Go here, slide your hand down to that point. Yep. Grab, pull back. See, what I'm thinking Keep is when you on. have that, that other knock on there, like, like if you want to say 20 yards, you got your fingers against that arrow. 30 yards, you'd put your... No. Middle finger on that thing, and then it gets start shorter, moving down. You like, you're down, moving your fingers right? down. Yes, That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, 25, holy shit. 25-yard <laughs> fixed crawl is always you slide your hand to the same spot every time, and you know your gap from 25 to, you know, what you feel comfortable shooting. Right. Basically longer. changes your point on. Yeah, so you're shooting a fixed crawl and gap. It's like a split Hybrid. vision yep. type. Yeah. I'm so frustrated between just the. <laughs> I'm frustrated. Uh, well, I'm just like <laughs> but, but, thing. between gap shooting and the instinctive. I'm like, I'm not even going to dive into any of this other shit because I'm just like so preoccupied with those two that I I want to like master those before I even exactly. try anything that's else. Where, that's where I'm at too. Yeah, I feel like anybody that's starting out with with trad gear that's been on the compound side. Gap shooting is the way to go. Yeah. Learning that, you know, and you can do whatever you're comfortable with, with split finger or three under, you know, I've, I feel in, you know, as far as what I've seen with people shooting three under is the way to go, you know, as far as coming from a compound background. You're right. Okay. Um, man, shooting gap too is, uh, 25 yard fixed crawl say you want to shoot you're not it takes some thinking out of it because with gap shooting you're practicing all your yardages like you're always up against the knock you're pointed well like my point on is 32 or 33 yards so 33 yards i hold right on I come back, I anchor with my pointer finger to the corner of my mouth, and I wrap my thumb around the the back of my jaw. Mm-hmm. So there's two points of contact with anchor. More consistent yeah. anchor yeah. that way. The more points of contact you have with your anchor, the more consistent you're going to be. Just like a compound. Yes. Yep. 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 Man. And I so, can never get onto that. Like, I tried that. It, it illustrates that in that book as well, where you try to lock your thumb in the back behind your jawbone. And I, yep. I could just never get a consistent release that way. It messed with my release. Mm-hmm. So I just, I keep mine straight up and down, bring my index finger into the corner of my yeah. mouth every time i'm not gonna lie before this podcast i didn't know any of this stuff i'm with you Eric. dude it, it's we, i we don't like know to, like, we like to talk about rabbit holes like this is a big one you might not come back out we can do a trad <laughs> episode a week for a year and still not learn all they the just want to do them like quarterly too. just to keep another my fucking question, brain in check another question i want to ask is um for me i feel like the the more vertical I hold my bow. I like to have a little cant in my bow when I draw back, but the more vertical that I hold, the better left and right I can get. Yes. If the more that I cant my bow, the more that I want to hit right on the target. Well, you're you're taking your point of aim and you're rotating rotating around the arrow. Yep. So it's dropping it down. The more you you come over this way, the more you are to push your exactly shot and go left and yep. i don't know why but for me i'll camp my bow closer like under 20 i just naturally can't when i'm shooting instinctive mm-hmm. and the further i get back when i'm using that tip as a point of reference i keep my bow more straight up and down when i get back at like 30 i don't know why the same thing with your angle you keep going this way the farther it gets away from your eye exactly yeah. and then so you it, change it your keeps gap. pushing it away from you i think you guys are further ahead in this than you give yourselves credit 
Like yeah. because watch a lot of YouTube <laughs> videos. It's, it's a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> yeah. and it's a lot of arrow shot. Kurt's uh, over here like, like I just need contacts. And then <laughs> you come yeah, out and watch glasses. Come so. out and watch us shoot at a bag. We we talk about it and then come out and watch us shoot at a bag. Yeah. You're like, this guy's never picked up a fucking yeah. <laughs> Watch me watch me fucking sling one in the cornfield. Like, right. Yeah. You got all soybeans on that one, baby. Uh, Aaron Snyder and Tom Clum from exactly. RMS. That's who I dude there. Aaron yeah. Snyder, like uh God, who's who's he may, another he may Rod seem Jenkins? Extremely arrogant. They dropped some bombs, but yeah, I like Aaron. A wealth of knowledge. Good, dude, I love man. listening to him. He's yeah. my type of people, you know. He's Aaron my... called me. We did a podcast. He called me on the phone. He's like, "What's up, dude?" Yeah, like, he was dude, just the coolest dude. Yeah, I messaged exactly. him about a job when they moved to Wyoming. I'm like, "You guys need people because I'll move out there." <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, there's only three podcasts that I listen to religiously: Working Class Bow Hunter. Kafaru cast, and then I also listen to the Stickbow Chronicles. Yeah, the Push has one, don't they? The Push has one. Yeah, push Stick has Boys. One. Yep, I like it, Stick the, Boys. And I love. I listen to their podcast too, but you know my type of personality. Those those three. It's know, a personality it, thing for you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, Kurt, you would probably enjoy. So my buddy Ethan is part of the Stick Boys, and you would love to like sit down and talk to this cat. I've heard the I mean, guys just, get brought up a lot to us, and like I feel bad that we don't know other podcasts, but we just don't listen to them because we don't want to like subconsciously. Yeah, because you make your own. Yeah, because right. we make our <laughs> own. Sure. Really, I mean, honestly, sure. um, but no, they get brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like we kind of have a similar vibe, is what I hear a lot. Yeah, Ethan is. Uh, Maybe we don't, but. The, uh, He's just a he's just a great southern guy. Like he, he builds bows in his garage. Um, he he's just a, he just I, I met him I don't know probably ten eleven years ago for the first time. And I mean he's just he's just a great great guy. Wealth of information. Just southern hospitality. Super humble. Um, just you know, and he he embodies everything that is a bow hunter he's he's not you know there's some people who think a bow hunter is nothing but a score on a rack right like this guy lives breathes bow hunting and it's from his core and he's just he's just a hell of a good guy you would have you would have fun talking to him not that i'm trying to like get you to do a podcast with him i'm just like (laughs) if you just talk to him like like if you i'm just a good guy to talk to i'm in so I agree. They they do have a good podcast. They 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 teach a lot as they go, and mm-hmm. you know, for people that are just starting out, that's yeah, that's the best. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. That'd be cool. And I'd learn a lot about some shit I don't know anything about because just like we did tonight, <laughs> and then I'd still be lost because I'm not applying it. The problem right. is, is once you pick up a recurve or a longbow that you're comfortable with, you're never going to set it down. Yeah, you know, it's. You know, I think that's the thing with me too, and Eric. I know you will probably agree, and Austin, you will, and probably everybody in here. I've I've always shot one that I just like got a hold of. Yep. Right. Yep. And it wasn't like I got to try a bunch, and like I was like, "Whoa, that one! I like that one." You know, like it was just, yeah, I'll buy this one. Like I bought one for 175, like a refurbished one. Remember that? Yep. Davenport yeah. Valley Archers, yep. a local D yeah, club. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I, yeah, I'll buy this one. You know, like cool, one hundred seventy five bucks looks cool, cheap. I bought one off Shad for hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, or you bought one off my son. Yeah, oh yeah, off your son. 
you know, it's I've never shot one. Uh, I've never went anywhere and shot a plethora of them and been like, I want that one. Like right. that one feels the best to me. But I've never. But I've not. We we've never dove that far into it yet. Well, so. and too, like with myself, like I could read all the books in the world, and I'm not gonna learn shit. Like I'm a hands-on learner, so I'll, like I'm gonna have to have Austin show me or Dana or Shad like yeah. show me what to do. I can read it all day long. I'm just, not gonna learn anything. Just doesn't stick. It's that no. wage brain, boy. Is that right? Wage brain. <laughs> I've yeah. got wage brain. I can tell you that. Yeah. One thing to remember, though, about like it, you know, I don't want anybody who's listening to this to think that traditional archery is that complicated, right? Like you can deep dive and you can get, you can take anything and go down a rabbit hole and and, and make it really complicated, right? Yeah. Shooting a traditional bow is a very very simple process we make it harder than what it really is Mm -hmm. just like we do most things. And bottom line, it's just fun. It's, you don't have to worry about hitting X's all the time. Go out and try, just get a couple of your buddies and stick a water bottle out there at 15 yards and see who punches a hole through it first. Right. Right. Like it doesn't, it, 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 it's, it's, you don't have to be so serious about it. It's good to have the knowledge it's good to have the understanding of it. And it I mean, is. I'm just as serious as I'm just as serious as anybody else about it, but to keep it fun and just keep archery fun in general, that's way more important than any of the other bullshit. The other stuff will come along, you know, as, as you're growing with it. But to, to, to the person who's thinking about going to traditional and going, shit, I got to like figure out what, what fixed crawl is and I got to figure out what gap shooting is. And I got to figure out what split finger is. And yeah. no, what you need to do no. is just find a bow that fits good in your hand and go out and fucking fling. There's a lot of overthinking yeah. that comes with, well, don't let us, it, but, don't let us yeah. dumbasses intimidate anybody. Like we all got into it. <laughs> yeah. well, we all got into it for the same reason. It's fun. Like yeah, right. we, exactly. we picked one. Up. I like that. I could buy a $3, straw bale and not blow yeah. through it with a arrow it's so fun going like, to a 3d shoot and knowing you're not gonna lose a fucking arrow but, <laughs> one, you but once you it, once you bullshit. dive into it and I get got like used six to of it. my yard i don't know where they're at <laughs> <laughs> once you, you once you jump into it and dive off. into it then that's when you start really like starting a deep dive like all right now that i'm interested i want to learn more about this process yeah. or tuning or I aiming think- or whatever and you kind of gradually dive into it but yeah don't be intimidated to get into it just pick yeah. a bow up and I start think that's the ethical killer in us yep that we want oh, yeah. to do it ethically oh, sure. that we yeah. want to learn how to do it where we can do it we can be proficient and efficient every time we shoot our bow mm-hmm. but you know bottom line is it's just having fun oh yeah you know it's yeah. it's really I like killing animals. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> so I don't. I try to get really so, good at it. Man, so I kill animals. There's nothing better than doing it with a stick and a string, man. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And a two blade broadhead. Yep. Hey, listen, I respect the shit out of you guys I for diving too. in. I really do. One day I'll meet you there. Right now, I'm cool. <laughs> we've this all got. Year. We've all hey, got no, you're not. You can shoot. <laughs> no, no, you're not. not. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. Hey, I got a bow you could use. Hey, we uh, all got one we can use. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of those buttons do, so I don't want to push them. Hey, quit it. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> That's if we're like starting a groovy segment, you know. This week on the show, Scotty Sullivan. Nice to have you Scoot. here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Can you guys yeah. hear my mustache? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Just cookie cookie dust in that mofo. Here we are. Hey, don't burn a hole. Doug it. Schmidt back in the business. Sausage broom. <laughs> Doug who? Hot 106.9, traditional bow hunting. Here we are. Welcome to the show. Scotty Sullivan, nice beard. Nice to have you. 106.9. I'm just making it. I sang on the on the Big Time podcast. Everyone found out I was a country yeah. singer, you know. You might have a future. <laughs> He just forgets the podcast he comes and cuts Painted on blue jeans. I just, drink, I just drink enough shitty Coronas that I opened over the, the table that I become a different person. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my alter ego here. Yeah. I ho- hope you don't mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't even give everyone a warning. I just yeah. become a different hey, person. Yeah. He's wearing Kurt. a cowboy hat next podcast. We're like, what the fuck? Kurt, Kurt Gaines. My name's Clurtis. Clurtis. <laughs> Dude, only the OGs know who Chris Gaines was. What's up? Fuck Garth Brooks. <laughs> Dude, he's a psychopath, man. No one knew that. Nobody knew Garth that. Garth Brooks has been a psychopath for years, and nobody knew about it. You know what Chris Gaines? the lord yeah now he's a pee hole toucher look him up <laughs> what huh garth you brooks know who chris gaines is right. rabbit hole we gotta talk about this for <laughs> yeah. another rabbit shad's hole. a music man shad do you know who chris gaines is i absolutely know who chris gaines oh is. oh my you gotta be fucking kidding me all right we gotta of talk course about shad this. does it's time we gotta educate the community i can't believe everybody you know go home and do your homework tonight chris gaines look Gar- it up garth brooks <laughs> Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks with eyeliner. It's yep. just, it's just that's yep. what it yep. is. Yeah. Well, you said you did know who he was. I thought you said you didn't yeah, know yeah. who he was. Okay. Oh no, I know, I know exactly who he is. Garth Brooks created an alter ego as Keith Urban, essentially. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Where it's his his rock band. It's his rock band. He was a uh, singer from Australia. He made this character for like a movie part, and the movie never happened. And then he went with it. Like, this is literally Garth Brooks. I yeah. swear to yeah. God, he's been, yeah. he's been a psychopath for years. Damn, we he, thought Mel he, Gibson was fucked up. No. Didn't he come out with two albums? It's come, he's, Chris Gaines is on his way back. <laughs> he's coming out with more albums. So yeah. we, yes. we talked about this on the way home from the Wisconsin. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God. This, this, re- this reminds me of that. Have you guys seen the movie like Split, where that guy has like multiple different personalities? I uh-huh. swear to God, this is just whatever. Okay, that's so, Or like Earl Dibbles, they'll do the just it's the same thing, but weirder. So you didn't know like Garth Brooks was like massive, like in the late nineties. Uh, yeah, I, yes. I know a lot of Garth Brooks. Uh, my mom it was really into his music, and we have everyone's like, mom t- was into Garth Brooks. <laughs> <Don't tell. laughs> what uh, keyword? Keyword was what? Hey, he had a, like a whole box deal that came out at Walmart. Yeah. everyone was into Garth yeah. Brooks. Until oh, yeah. the Chris Gaines. Experience. Until Chris Gaines. Yeah. So, but people overlook Chris Gaines. So we looked this up on the way home from the Wisconsin show. Yep. And our boy Wade Kemp was like, I'm looking this up. And he's like bringing Chris Gaines back. So I listened to the Fighter and the Kid podcast. And they were talking about how weird <laughs> yep. Chris Gaines is. And they're like, dude, you never go full Chris Gaines. Never. Never. Well, you know the Your Mom's House podcast with uh, Tom Segura and oh, his yeah, wife? Yeah, yep. 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 Dude, all they do is rip on Garth Brooks how <laughs> creepy he is. Because like, if you follow when Garth Brooks came back out of like hiding because he like brought his family back. He like he did all these like social media things like I'm coming back and I'm being relatable. I just want everyone to have fun to the, all of us and like how creepy he was <laughs> when he <laughs> talks. It's fucking creepy. Oh yeah, he's creepy as shit. He's the only cowboy I know from New York. <laughs> and, oh, he's do from you New York. Think that yeah. New York think City man yeah. with when Jordan's with in gray the cowboy is going to look. Well, sorry, Shab. What'd you say? Do you think an elderly man with gray hair is going to be able to pull off the emo look like he did though in in the in the first Chris Gaines album? <laughs> Hell no, no. Way. Maybe if he died, I mean, because if you look, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> 
Dude, I have a better he chance just, of becoming a radio show host than than Chris Gaines has coming back. One oh six nine, The Rock. Welcome back. How are you doing today? Good Chris to see you again, Scotty. <laughs> see, I hey, do that. You got a future, I think. One oh six nine. Yeah, I could be a country singer. Mud flap. <laughs> there he is. Nice, nice to have you back, Scotty. Good red beard. Here we are. I need a. I need a. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Here we are, back for commercial break here. It's more like a late night show. Than yeah, yeah, fucking, I don't know what these buttons do. Oh, that's a turkey gobble. Man, oh, this yeah. podcast went off the rails. Fucking oh, nice back. Nice to have you back. Here we are. 106.9, The Rock. We're talking about trad buzz, and then Chris Gaines gets Shit brought up. just got what off the rails. getting weird. tonight. <laughs> so stupid. That's what happens when you get two hours into a deep... Random trad well, it's funny podcast. because a lot of people just look up trad podcast, and this will be the first one that comes up, and this is what they're going to get. Hashtag Chris well, Gaines. Full on bullshit. <laughs> this, this is this is what uh, I mean. If you had a campfire at a trad shoot, this is what it always turns out to be. It's just people sitting around drinking beer, sipping moonshine, and it gets just really fucking weird by the time <laughs> it nights up. So we're there. Ripping we're on there. Garth Brooks. Hey, we're just having fun. All of a sudden, there's money missing yeah. off your dress, and your daughter's knocked up. Seen it a hundred times. <laughs> Seen it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes will slant and you open up a laundry. <laughs> oh, man. Shad, I thank you. I, I wish you were here, buddy, but I appreciate you being able to uh, call on in on this. And I do appreciate you, the Lord. I mean, you're here a lot, but coming in specifically as kind of a trad guest on this, Dana Pace, it's good to see you in other than a Shed Hunter guest. Yep. yep. It's good to be here. Cameron, Cam, thank you. For coming in and talking, man. You haven't really had the opportunity yet, so I appreciate you shining. Mr. Politician over here. Killed it. Yeah. No, <laughs> problem. Future. no problem. I enjoyed coming on. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, dude. It was fun having you. need to start thinking up like a, a slogan, kind of like make make America great again. You need make to start. Make Trad great again. There we go. It's always been great. It's Keeping just, up yeah. with the Jones. Make it, oh, uh, yeah. make it popular again. <laughs> um, okay. I like that. The politician game is fun. That's something yep. to look forward to. Don't Scotty, give him ideas. <laughs> always good to see you. You too, man. Some local guy always comes out of the woodwork when you're on the podcast. I know. Bless it, his heart. He's yeah. probably a sad, sad man. <laughs> he actually is. Yeah. It's tough out here. <laughs> living his best life. He actually is. He is, obviously, yeah, he's living his best life. Do you know who we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was talking about him on no. Marketplace. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Sad, I am a sad person. Monopoly <laughs> with Tradbos. Scotty's got a guy that always tunes in when he's on the podcast, and he always talks shit about us, about the podcast. And really? Just, yeah. yeah, bless his heart. Aww. If you guys, uh, anybody needs a bow, let me know, because I probably got it. <laughs> <laughs> or literally yeah. any bow ever <laughs> made. Hey, he's probably he's got there. 10 for trade. Yeah. That's how Scotty plugs himself. Yeah, you can find me on Marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> I got Craigslist, Facebook, yeah. Marketplace. Yeah, Craigslist. I'm in the personals. Nobody uses eBay. that, but I do. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. I'm on the talk. Yeah. I'm still on MySpace. What's up? Yeah, what's Let's up? Let me know what you want. I Thank- started in one of those videos where I was like, trade a paperclip for a trad bow. Got the trad bow. Yeah. <laughs> trade- Somebody's out there. Hey, he's an entrepreneur. Trade talk. Eric, 100%. thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. You're a great guest. Thanks. Um, <laughs> all right. Was there anybody got anything to plug? Shad, where can people find you? Uh, in, currently in my garage. Come find me. I could use the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll make the drive. I'll make the drive. You need to make it, there you the, the camera be out there. You need to change your Instagram to Shad's Garage. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like Ross's beard. Keeps it, uh, 
Keeps it real. Keeps it so, real. Dr. Trad. Yeah. Trad God Shad. Dana, where can people find you? Your Instagram's private because I try to share your shit, some shit sometimes. It won't uh, so uh, you can find me at Dana Pace on Facebook or on Instagram. It's uh, Bone Hunter, B O N E H U N T R, or on my carving page, it's uh, Antler underscore Ridge underscore Carvings. And on Facebook, it's Antler Ridge Carvings. Perfect. Yeah. We got. I'm glad you shouted that out, Cam. If you want to plug your stuff, you can. But if you don't give a shit, that's fine too. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Cameron Pace, um, and then you can find me on Instagram. Don't make fun of my name because I was like nine when I made it. But Cam <laughs> underscore Pace <laughs> underscore Bruh. B R U H. Yep. Bruh. Yes. Yeah, that's bruh. actually really. I like awesome. it, bro. What up, bro? Scotty. Trad, bro. Uh, I think my Instagram's either Sully Wang or <laughs> Sully Wang. Uh, Did you make it when you were nine? Sullivan Scoot. No, I made it when I was like twenty something. <laughs> I made it like better. two months ago. If you have any questions at all about traditional archery or anything, get a hold of Shad. Yeah, Shad. Seriously, get a hold of Shad. Not don't, me. Yeah, don't hit yeah. me up. <laughs> at, tra- at Trad God or then yeah, Facebook is just Scotty Sullivan. Normal. Sick. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> All right, Sweet, dude. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. And the outro. Hell yeah. I had to hold that button down. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>